2: Do did you see that thing where Will Smith inadvertently gave away the ending to I Am Legend? <laughs> he was doing a press conference. I will not. I won't repeat it, by the way. I won't give away the ending. Uh, but he was doing a press conference somewhere in France with like a thousand live television cameras on it. And he, I forget the context in which he did it, but he completely gave away the ending to the film. And the, the, with the producer sitting right next to him, which was oh. fantastic. Full on full to Tim Riley. We're all
3: like Will Smith spoiler on the show.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. He just opened his mouth and gave away... movie didn't even open uh, for another week. Gave it away. Well done, Will Smith. Uh, in any event, why, hello, it's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 3 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and it's the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios of AM 970. Uh, solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Tuesday... And welcome to Day 12. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you want to uh, get on board with your comments, your questions, your comments, your uh, conventions, your whatever, it's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the Bill Pullman-oriented, or whatever. Uh, it's 503 733 Nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It's Rick at rickemerson dot Rick at rickemerson.com. dot uh, Sarah at nine seventy dot am. Tim at nine seventy dot am. Or Richie with a T at nine seventy dot am. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Here's what's coming up later on in today's Oh, And Richie, by the way, has given me. Now it's not just you. Now I also have. We're not really summoning you. Stay there. Uh, so, I believe this is an actual honest to goodness cowbell. That's like the kind that they make uh, the bovines and lepers wear. So, and he's up. This is how great Richie is. So, Richie has not only given me a, an actual like cowbell with which to summon him, he's given me a list of factoids because we promised Lisa Desjardins a Richie Bristol factoid every day. So, he's given me a list of facts. He's also prepared a Richie oriented top five. You're a go getter, Richie. You are an American, my friend. So I'm going to set this over here. I'll use that later on. Uh, here's what's coming up today. We will talk to uh, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins today. Apparently, uh, George Bush is doing a press conference about something or other. Well, whatever. Uh, Jim Roop will be joining us from uh, Los Angeles as well, where there's some sort of... When no progress is being made, we will pretend that there's progress being made. We will mouth some sort of platitude about trying to find a middle ground between the studios and the writers. And then at the uh, the actual literal, not the figurative end uh, end of the day, the actual literal end of the day, uh, nothing will have been been done. Uh, We will do uh, today's top five. I hold it right here. Uh, today, and this is prompted by something. This is actually prompted by a conversation that Sarah and I were having about Tim the other day because Tim was counting down the top five that had Air Supply and Body Tyler, and it's like with every with every song you had to read, it was like portions of your soul were being cut away with a with a rusty blade of some kind. I remember that clearly. <laughs> it, is like, it was like the light in your eyes just dimmed a little bit more with each song. And then we started talking about having you do a list of the top five songs that you loathed playing as a DJ The top five songs you most hated playing. Uh, So I will start that trend today. Uh, Today I have the top five songs that I hated playing as a DJ, and these sort of these sort of shift from time to time in my head, depending on when it is and sort of what mood I'm in and what what sort of format I'm sick of at any given point in time. This top five morphs ever so slightly. Uh, but I did. It was, and it was hard to narrow it down to just to find. I mean, five and an honorable mention to five. O- to find only six songs that I really, absolutely hated was just impossible. Here's something I'll tell you right away that didn't make the cut. That almost made the cut was "Come Back to Me" by Janet Jackson, which is like one of the worst songs ever recorded. The only thing worse than the song "Come Back to Me" by Janet Jackson is the video for "Come Back to Me" by Janet Jackson, which is just like. It's like having your back covered in fire ants while somebody is setting your scrotum on fire. It's just the worst thing. It's not as bad as the songs on this list, but it's pretty bad. Uh, So we'll get to that. Top five songs uh, that I loathed playing uh, as a DJ. What else? Uh, Taser Watch coming up today. Uh, Joy of Christmas. Uh, Speaking of I Am Legend, to which the ending was given away today, uh, we have a pair of passes to I Am Legend. Uh, Fallout from the Canadian PSAs continues. And um, mm, some other stuff. So there you go. Those are the those are the broad strokes. Oh, and some stupid observations that I wrote down last night. And apparently, and this I got this from uh, Gerald in Hillsboro. Gerald in Hillsboro says, "Hey, by the way, the Adam Carolla show is playing the Brian Wilson rap song this morning." So there you go. Because that's a record that A. Who is playing it? Adam Carolla playing the Brian Wilson rap song today, which is odd because it is off an album that A. was never released. B. That was completed like 13 years ago, and see that I've never. I'm not. I'm. am sure it's a coincidence. I'm just saying.
3: Well, I'm sure there's some crossover listeners who thought it was funny listening to it yesterday and then That's sent it to him.
2: Entirely possible. But it's not like. But I don't even know where you'd get it. I mean, on maybe it's online. Oh well, does I don't really know that there's a whole lot of demand on the internet for Brian Wilson rapping. But well, whatever. I'm willing to. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to dwell on it. Um. I do have this observation. This is not really my observation. This is somebody else's observation about these Canadian PSAs that we'll get to. Which, by the way... I think more Americans have watched than all these Jesus. Canadians. I don't know, and I can, you know, and I don't know how many people... Well, you said at one point yesterday when we, we asked everyone to gather around the monitor and watch these PSAs During with us. segment. There was like there were, n- there 900 people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
4: then within that hour, there were 2,000.
2: And another 1,900 last night. So the good thing is that Americans will now never again spill grease on the themselves burning their face off just days before their happy wedding we've now we've heightened the awareness oh. of everybody the i got up the air yesterday it's so this is how warped uh, i am i spent and by i i mean myself and court and fat boy because we spent about 25 minutes yesterday from about four until about 4 25 i was back at court and fat boys prep area and we not only had these they have they have their own they have their own set of horrific psa's uh they have one that's um i have to be very careful because it, I don't wish—I don't wish for it to seem as though we're making light of any of these problems. Really, I'm just pointing out that I do believe the solution sometimes. Well, just remember that the Canadians don't have to worry about insurance if they run into any of these problems. That's true. If you, you know, if you get—you're covered in boiling grease, the government will take care of you. Yeah. Here, it's a whole lot of pull yourself up by your own. Inflamed bootstraps. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Get off the kitchen floor. Get back to work. <laughs> I don't care if you don't have a lower jawbone anymore. Um, so, Court and Fatboy and I spent about 25 minutes yesterday watching dip, because they'd seen most of these, although they hadn't seen, and by the way, you can see these PSAs that we're talking about at RileyLive.com. That's Riley's and Tim Riley, R-I-L-E-Y, RileyLive.com. We spent about 25 minutes yesterday watching these. They had not seen the one with the welding guy who gets blown out the window and then lands on the truck. I know I've just done a Will Smith and given away the ending to it, but what are you going to do? If you didn't watch it by now, it's your own fault. Yeah, you don't see that one coming. No, you really don't. And even when you do see it coming, it's fantastic. Uh, they hadn't seen that one, and then they sh- they showed me a couple. There was one that was a really disturbing one that involves Emma Thompson playing some sort of kidnapped sex worker. That one was, that one was just... That one was just weird. Um, sex
3: worker, like,
2: as in, like, like, a, like someone kidnapped and then like sold, the lady of the night, sold into, sold into slavery. So there's Emma Thompson, which is, and it was, you have all these layers of weirdness because I do find Emma Thompson really hot. I have always found her incredibly attractive, but she's in this PSA where she's just like covered in bruises and and like and and being assaulted, as a sex worker. And so you you have to sort of strip away the oh she's hot when you're watching that. Which, is see, the black eye sort of helps with that. Um, and well, anyway, so Corton, Fatboy, and I spent a long while yesterday watching all of these. But somebody pointed this one out, and I hate, I hate to do this to everybody, but I'm going to play just the end of the Boiling Grease one again. Because, so here's the great thing about this PSA that I hadn't really noticed until my friend Brian pointed it out. So there's this Canadian PSA with this woman who... I'm just going to go ahead and ruin it for you here. And the reason I feel okay ruining it is, A, we talked about it all day yesterday. And, B, even if you know what's coming, it's still horrific. The PSA will still have the intended effect. Um, So this woman in the PSA dumps about 20 gallons of boiling grease on her face by accident. Uh, Let me see if my computer's up over here. And then, Now, listen to this. unless Unless I'm incorrect about this, and I don't think I am, she dumps all this boiling grease on herself. And then I do believe that the react right in front of a guy. I do believe that the guy's reaction, instead of calling for help, is to say really calmly, uh, "I think we have an accident."
5: a terrible accident. Out. But really, I should have cleaned up the grease over there, and they should never put the deep fryer so <laughs> Somebody, somebody help me! No, it's the wrong, wrong one. One.
2: no it's the wrong one. Now it's the wrong one. Wow! Oh, now I have to go back and figure out which one it is.
3: Um, I thought it was the moment the guy falling. Is it off the, the welder?
2: Building. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you were
3: laughing at that all day yesterday. Because it <laughs> it's because it's hilarious. Okay.
2: All right. Hold on. Let me. Okay. So let me let me play this one now. Because it there was a really funny juxtaposition. And so this one is a welder being blown out the side of a building by an exploding propane tank, and then landing on, on a case. truck about five stories down in the street. Soon they get a call telling them I was killed in a. I gotta wait for it to. Uh, I gotta wait for it to pop up. So he's completely blown off the side of a building when this tank explodes. He falls about five stories and lands on the top of a truck.
6: Hey, I'm wearing a busted
1: harness here, and the company should have checked those tanks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> ah. What's with your computer? Nah, no.
2: All right, it's less dramatic than I thought. I guess the juxtaposition isn't that bad. Anyway, so watch those. It's uh, RileyLive.com. That's wonderful. It
3: is if you're watching it because you see this person fall off the <laughs> building and slam into a car and they get run over by the car. I know. you think they'd be a little more upset?
2: It is sort of like a shave and a haircut. I mean, it blowing that side of the building. Like blowing
3: them off the building would have been enough. You didn't Glan- need to end with that.
2: Clearly there was leftover budget, though. There was like they had money left over or some sort of special effect. They were just dying. Well, we've got this mannequin. We're just dying to kick it off of something. Uh. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, well, let's uh, find out what Tim Riley is working on for your edification today.
4: Okay, in the outside world, things aren't going very well. Here in Portland, things are getting back to normal. But elsewhere, there's unspeakable horror in Tillamook as a rescue fails and a pickup truck is swept away with a woman inside. I-5 remains closed in both directions at Chehalis. That means trouble for the economy. It's easy to get to Seattle, simply drive to Yakima or Kennewick and turn around and go back the other way. Oh, okay. President of the town of Renonia rescued as their town becomes a swamp. But the bad weather did not stop the opening of a brand new multi-million dollar Indian casino.
2: Hooray! Nothing can stop Indian casinos. Um, all right, uh, well, we'll do uh, these calls here in a second. We're joined today as are we always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. hello.
3: Hello. You look nice today. Thanks. Um, I'm going to a holiday party tonight.
2: Yes. Are you going to? Is it the uh, the thing, the music industry the, the deal? The thing, yeah. You went to that last year, right?
3: Um, no. I've gone for the past few years. I missed it last year. I was out of town for something, but it's really fun. So is
2: this a thing that I'll hate if I go? Yes, but you're gonna go.
3: <laughs> okay. We've already no. We've Just had checking. this discussion. You need to get out there a little bit more. Yes. So we're going to go, and we're going to have fun, and, and Lara and I are going to drink lots of wine. We to
2: promote the Rick Emerson brand.
3: And I'm bringing my hot friend, Heather, that you have a secret crush on, so that oh, should yeah, be interesting. so that
2: won't be awkward. Let me make sure I bring my wife to that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So last night I spent it watching a bunch of movies and stuff, and I finally saw the TV set that you were talking
2: about. You know, I have to point out that as you're gesturing to me with your finger, you have gum on the end of your finger, which is like a full-on Nigel Tufnel. Like
3: you Nigel... chew it and
2: talk on the air. Isn't there a Nigel Tufnel moment where he's talking? He's being interviewed, and he's sitting next to David St. Hubbins, and, and Rob Reiner's sitting there going, so you were in the Thamesman together, and, and Christopher Guest has gum on his finger, and David's, David St. Hubbins why do you have gum on your finger? Well, I don't want to lose it, and that's it. And so you're, Sarah has this bright blue gum on her pointer finger as she's using the hand to point to me and demand that I do things tonight. <laughs> so that's the visual for you. Um, I'm sorry, what? So you watch what? Uh, the TV set. The TV set with David Duchovny, oh, which is man. a fantastic film. That was brutal. Tim needs to see that movie. Um, I do.
3: Tim, it was really good.
2: You really need to see it. Anybody who works in the media at all, uh, anybody who spends any amount of time working in the electronic media, especially if you've done any work in movies or television.
3: It flashed me back to working on Coin. Oh. And I know that was not even a sitcom, but like the TV, the way that she talked...
2: It's 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 fantastic. It came out earlier this year. It is from Judd Apatow. He executive produced it. It's got David Duchovny, uh, who I typically don't care for, but who is great. Uh, and it's got Sigourney Weaver. Uh, and it is um, it, it, sort of the um, it is a romana clay, as they say. It is sort of the uh, the fictionalized telling. Of how Judd Apatow uh, had all of his television programs mangled by NBC, and how the NBC it a-
3: wasn't so much freaks and geeks because
2: well it was undeclared. Yeah, well, whatever that. And I don't even know in records in in the record industry it's the A and R department. I don't know what it is in television, where you where you have a script, and, and there's some guy at the network who decides that it's not funny enough, or there aren't enough flatulence jokes, or. There needs to be more kooky sound effects at some point. At the
3: end? Oh.
2: Imagine just having something really great and wonderful just consulted until it's a mediocre pile of crap. If that's what happened. I'm not giving anything away because you see it coming the entire time. But it's the story of one television pilot. that And it follows this pilot from script to filming. And it shows the life of a television pilot. Uh, and, and, and the stress of whether or not it's going to be picked up or not. Yeah, and whether or not the pilot's going to get made, whether or not the network's going to pick up the pilot, uh, casting the pilot, writing the pilot, the network coming in and giving their dreaded network notes. So you really do need to see it, Tim. Uh, you you will, I think, see many, many things in there to identify with. Okay. Uh, it is called The Television Set. The um, Television Set. And it came... Is it The Television Set or The TV Set? The TV Set. The TV Set, the TV set. I'm sorry. The song
3: is, at the end of it, though, is called The Television Set.
2: So the movie, that was called The TV Set. Uh, with David Duchovny and it came out earlier this year
3: god damn I love David Duchovny oh,
2: it, he is really great in that he is wonderful and and for you West Wing fans it has the woman who played Mrs. Landingham in it uh, so uh, that's reason enough to rent and it right there if you've
3: ever seen any pictures of Judd Apatow you can see that David Duchovny is exa- is, is playing him he
2: dresses like Judd Apatow has he same gets facial the facial hair. hair he has a back problem mm. with Judd Apatow oh 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 and I almost forgot so not only does it have it has Sigourney Weaver I know you're going to say Justine Bateman it has Bateman. Justine Bateman in it Bateman. Ah,
3: wrong, Jason Bateman's sister
2: wrong. Justine Bateman. And who is mallory keaton isn 't it she's beautiful in it she too. really is so uh, anyway the TV set and it 's not some like a, you know it 's not like a weird art film or anything it 's not some you know it is it, it really is it 's a dark dark comedy, but it really is wonderful so the TV set and nobody saw it in the theater. Came out, the, I wouldn't even know, Laura heard something on the NPR about it. As we went to see it, of course, it was a, a huge disaster at the box office. God, but
3: it's so smart, like with the, with the success of Slut Wars and all of totally, the Totally, like, yeah. All the shows, oh, it was No, it is,
2: it is, it is, and was that Seth Green at the end? Was that no, Seth Green Seth who does Green. the, who is it at the end that it's does? The, it's the oh, it's, guy is is was from was it Weekend Bundy? at
3: Bernie's. Wait, you talking about the guy who's talking to the actress?
2: No, the guy, well, yeah, the guy at the end who was doing the Slut Wars, t- kicking the girl off of the TV show. Why do I think it was Seth Green? I don't remember seeing Seth Green. Well, whatever. It's been a while since I've seen it. Anyway, the TV safe, so you all going to see that. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we'll get these calls here in a second. Jesus, uh, 20 after already. Uh, what am I doing? Let's see. Uh, let me read this email. Let me read this email about Tim's PSAs. Subject line, Tim ruined my, sh- uh, my sleep last night. Worst dream ever. I wanted to share how my sleep was ruined by Tim. I started out having a pleasant zombie infestation dream last night where I was trying to find brains to eat. But then the dream started, uh, I'm sorry, then the next dream started with me on the top floor of a tall building and, quote, accidentally stuffing myself into a dumbwaiter instead of an elevator. The dumbwaiter couldn't take my weight, so it crashed dozens of floors to the ground. I woke up just before the accident killed me, but what kept going through my mind as I plummeted in the cramped and dark dumbwaiter was... There are no accidents. I haven't slept that poorly in weeks. Thanks a whole lot, Tim. I appreciate it. So That's why we're here. It, it, is, it is true. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of there are no accidents, I think I mentioned this on the air yesterday, but I'm not sure. Be advised if you use that middle unisex bathroom, the handle comes uh. off the door <laughs> on the inside.
4: So I I tried to use that room yesterday, and apparently the person who used it before
2: me wasn't toilet trained as a child. Oh. Ew, I have one of those Awkward. who uses my bathroom. Sorry. I, uh... I did not use that bathroom yesterday for the same reason. It um, just grossed me out. It's like, don't you learn those things when you're like two? <laughs> you do work at a radio station. You What's would think gross? at some point you'd be immune to it.
3: The person who still is in my bathroom will not only not flush, but they'll turn off all the lights so I have to like...
2: Stumbling sh- through the sh- darkness. they so
3: have to like rub the wall on the inside of the bathroom oh, to try and find oh, the oh, light. Oh,
2: that's the worst thing ever heard. It is so gross. Uh, no, you. Uh, the, 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 we have a men's room and a woman's room, and the, the, between the two is a unisex, which I think is for our wheelchair. A access. savages room, which is <laughs> <laughs> for primates. Um, the. Uh... It, 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 but it's it, but it's the only bathroom that really has total privacy because it's lockable and it's, you know, whatever. And plus and it has this little tiny wastebasket that one paper towel can't
4: fit in without overflowing.
2: And it, no, it, it has a miniature wastebasket. It has no hot water, by the way. That's the other thing. If you're in that middle unisex bathroom, which, and the reason I use the middle unisex bathroom is the men's room is, I don't know if the woman's room is this way, but the, the men's room is really, really dimly lit. I mean it's almost not lit at all, and it's not that the lights are burned out; there are lights. it's just they've got these weird yellow um whatever light fixtures, and so it's really dim.
3: Ours is like uncomfortably bright.
2: uh see, I'll take two bright over not bright enough.
4: no ours has that look shouldn't you be using botox? <laughs>
2: the um oh totally wait... it ages you about thirty years <gasps> total, yeah they're like directly like, above my God, the mirror. I didn't know I looked at <laughs> it's like a, It's like a dressing room mirror you know you get into a dressing room and it, for the you, elephant man. Oh man I was in a dressing room the other day over the weekend I was I bought a whatever like a sweater or something I'm standing in the dressing room and I don't know what it is about it's not just like a regular fluorescent light too because you know what I've been out like like upstairs is fluorescent lighting and I don't look that bad upstairs there's something weird about the lighting in a dressing room, Which, and it doesn't make any sense because you would think in a dressing room they would want you to look like as good as possible, right? Mm-hmm. You want you to, I mean, they, you you would think in a dressing room it would be recessed ambient lighting, and the, the the mirror would be sort of beveled. It would be like with that rear view mirror in your car, in so mirrors. it's dim, totally. Like it would be some weird funhouse mirror that is concave, so you'd be look all thin. Because you know you want to think like you want to be Meyer and Frank or whatever it is, and you put on the sweater and you go, God damn, I look, I look smashing. I'll take ten of these. So I, I, I bought this sweater on Saturday, but I'm in the dressing room. I put it on. I look in the mirror, and it's like it's like every blemish you have ever had on your face in your life immediately is like an it's like an IMAX 3D living color. Now, this makes me sound incredibly vain, but you just you look terrible in a dressing room. I don't know what that's all about. The same thing with the middle bathroom here. Um, But I use it because it's lockable and it's bright. And so I go in there, and I had the same experience as Tim. I go in there yesterday. I walk in. I pull the door shut behind me. And then I go to deadbolt it. And then I... And I will not be graphic. But I turn and I look at the actual... um, The actual toilet. You couldn't miss it. No, I mean... Well, neither could they, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the toilet was just... uh, It was really just bad. It was like... They all they almost sat on the potty properly. It was (laughs) it was like some sort of fecal performance (laughs) art, and so I'm just like you know f this. I'm not going to use this bathroom. So so this is so it's like the worst of all worlds. Though the toilet is disgusting and covered in filth. And I said to myself, you know what? I don't think so. I I think I'll go somewhere else or not at all. I turn. I grab the handle of the door. I pull on it, and it was like a bad Buster Keaton film. The door to the hand, the, the handle of the bathroom door just came off in my hand completely and totally came off. And I didn't have my cell phone with me. And this was yesterday during the show when we, you know, I, I we had to come back and introduce the piano guy. And I'm like, well, I, I'm stuck in here. And, this, and I'm like, no one will ever find me. The soundproof, I'm behind two different soundproof doors, actually no one will ever discover I'm here and this will be they'll find me here in three months and I'll just be a pile of bones next to this disgusting toilet and finally I was able to put the handle back on and very carefully crank the the door open because I knew that if I put the handle on and turned it too quickly it would strip the inside of the handle out and then I would be trapped in there forever so anyway word to the wise uh, if you're using the bathroom here at CBS um, alright well let's do a, a couple of these here hi uh, you're on the Rick Emerson show hello Hello? Hello, sir.
7: Yeah, Adam Carolla's Teresa Strasser also works for PNZ. Uh-huh. At that footage of Brian Wilson's bad rap song.
2: Maybe we're talking about two different songs. Is this the same rap song that I played yesterday?
7: I don't know. It sounded like a bad rap, uh, bad remake of New Kids on the Block.
2: It's possible. The, the one that I was playing is called Smart Girls. It's from like 80... That's it. 88, really? Okay, so there's, yeah. actual, so there's footage of him actually performing
7: it somewhere? Yeah, on
3: TMZ.com. That's the so weird I was Just looking on TMZ and they did a,
2: a broker. I hardly knew her on here, too.
7: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure
2: it's all a coincidence. Um, well, now I have to find the footage of him actually performing there because that because so that's right unbelievably now. bad. Alright, okay. Excellent. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Oh, it is Seth Green on the TV set. He's the is guy. It really? Yeah, this guy just confirmed. He said he's the guy that kicks off the girl, at the on Slut Wars, at the end, where he's standing on the staircase and the girls are all there. he's like, I'm sorry, you know, Monique, you're going home on Slut Wars or whatever. And then she like, she's in the bikini and she runs off set. This guy says it is Seth Green. He you said, know
3: what? I did have problems with the DVD. It skipped, I think, a little part of the movie, and that could have been it.
2: Yeah. Uh, and then he says the woman who played the starlet was high. who is that girl? Who is the blonde girl on the TV set that played the female lead? In Call Me Crazy. I recognized her from The Wonder Years. Really? What was she in The Wonder Years? She was... Oh, she's beautiful.
3: She had a crush on Kevin.
2: Yeah, she... I can't she, remember exactly. Yeah, heard. yeah, she's, uh, she's hot. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's hey, Tim Sarah. Hello. Hi. Did you guys...
8: Did you watch that PSA from Canada, the one where it talked about domestic violence?
2: Oh, oh, you know man. that's one of the other ones. The in fact, when i was watching yesterday, there is. Was it the
0: one
8: with the wait the waitress and the guy sitting there with his kid?
2: And it's like she spills coffee or something, and so yeah. he like throws and it he... on her and gives her a beat down right there in the yeah. restaurant. Yeah, and he goes and sits down with his kids.
8: Yes, and let After me just they're done.
2: say by the way that in no way are we uh, in nowhere we advocating I... domestic violence, but no, I will say no. this. I will say this, that a sort of fictionalized, disproportionate anger to things kind of does appeal to me in a strange yeah, way. Yeah, I'm
0: surprised that they uh,
8: he's profanity, too.
2: There actually is, and there's another one where a guy's sitting in a conference room, and there's like a coworker sitting up there, and the co is like pointing at a pie graph or something and saying, well, as you can see... Amortized uh, profits over the past uh, fiscal year, or 15 uh, percent, or whatever, and then and then she she makes a mistake, like she drops something, like she drops the chalk or the pointer, uh-huh. and the guy gets up with a coffee cup and literally gives her like, like a, like a Crip style beatdown in the conference room, which is I mean, if you're not really ready for it, is sort of
8: no, I sort was... of offputting. Yeah, I was kind of shocked when the guy poured the coffee on her and then
7: smacked her across the face. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's pretty wild. All right. Thank you, sir. All right.
3: Bye now. Uh, All right. So she was in the Wonder Years. I don't really. That's all I know her from. I think she was on
2: Entourage. For an episode i think
3: i know exactly what you're talking i think the she... one with the boyfriend wasn't it where her and her boyfriend have the agreement yeah or...
2: yeah she sleeps with vince because he's the because he's the, the one on her list uh-huh. like if you ever meet so and so you're allowed to sleep with them yeah yeah she's really beautiful uh hi you're on the rick emerson show hello
8: hello rick this is joel hello uh, did you ever end up watching the Futurama movie?
2: Uh, Bender's Big Score. I'm most likely gonna watch it uh, tonight, tomorrow, sometime. Right.
8: Yeah, you said you're gonna watch it last night. I so know. I thought, I, I thought I'd do it. I thought I'd do it for you. It's a piece of crap. Oh,
2: that's a lie. Don't say that.
8: It is. It Nothing really is. with the
2: name Futurama on it can be bad.
8: Right. And Futurama. And Rick Anderson's gonna watch it, so I thought it's gold. Not so much.
2: So where would you, where would you rank it on the classic one to ten scale?
8: I fell asleep about halfway through. I actually rolled over two fall asleep about halfway
2: through. <laughs> is, that, is that like a two?
8: That's four.
2: And, all right. Fair enough.
8: We'll compare, we'll compare notes. Okay,
2: okay. I'll try to watch it in the next day or two. All right. Thank you. <laughs>
1: right Bye.
2: All right. One more. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
0: Hi there. I wanted to uh, clarify the, uh, the blonde gal from the Wonder Years.
2: Yeah.
7: Her name was uh, Becky Slater.
2: Becky Slater. That's the actress's name?
7: No, the character name.
2: In the Wonder Years? Yes, yeah, sir. She's not the girl no, that he met when he was away at uh, camp or whatever.
3: No, she was in a series of them. I'm actually, uh, I cheated. I just went to IMDb right now, and her name's Alice Pedermere.
2: Okay. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I a remember
3: bell. Kevin dated her, and then he was really still in love with Winnie Cooper. Uh, so
2: ah, yeah, seriously. Still... She, uh,
9: she punched Kevin in the
2: face one day. God, we're nerds. Yes, she did. All uh, right. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank All right. Saddest episode of the Wonder Years ever that's not the finale? Go. The opening
3: one, when her brother dies, and then they kiss on the rock.
2: Now, see, I was gonna say there's that. Or
3: when, or when, uh, Boner gets shipped off to war.
2: I don't think. Well, no, it's a mistake. A boner, as in I pulled a boner.
3: Yes, that was his name, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm because... sorry. No 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 I, I
2: really no, no, no. I was confusing. No, no, no. I was <laughs> confusing it with uh, with with uh, Revenge of the Nerds there for a moment. It's odd about it's odd about the evolution of words, isn't it? Yeah. Like you'll see a lot of those old uh, like Leave It to Beaver reruns, and it's all like you know. It's a whole lot of whole lot no, of owner this and dick that. It was stripping
3: that. of his in, uh, innocence, and then yeah. you know he's just kind of this like dumb kid who's just being shipped off to war to ultimately die. It's just really sad. Well,
2: the, the, that, okay, that made me sense. Also, that episode of The Wonder Years where uh, where he meets that girl at like the beach or the summer home or whatever and then she sends him that letter about i promise i'll write every week and she talked to me about and she talked to me about all the great times we would have together and how you know she would write to me every week and how we would learn to you know know each other blah 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 i still have that letter it's the only one she ever sent oh. me yeah
3: the Years stabs you in the chest like no other movie. <laughs> it kicks you uh, in the so, heart over except, and
2: over. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Freaks and Geeks. Totally, where it's those are the things that kind of. The it, you know what it is, and it, it's it's it. And we have to take a break, but it's that he does that great punish the audience thing that uh, Joss Whedon does, where he just like he just pulls you in and gains your trust, and then he's like, oh oh, you know, get the get the courage to love, so I can take advantage of it and punch you in the soul. That's totally what he does. Um, that the Wonder Years is exactly like that. It is a total gain your trust and then punish your trust. Gain your trust and then abuse it. So all, all of the great TV shows are that way. Uh, let's take this final call and then we'll break. I ah, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Owner didn't die.
3: No, I'm not saying he did die. <laughs> really? No, I'm not saying he did
2: die. are not going funny or interesting. All right. Uh, we should take a break here. We'll come back after this. Um, uh yes, Lisa Deja down around the corner later on, uh the new news hour. Top five songs I loathe playing as a DJ. I am uh, legend tickets and all that stated through All right. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Uh this email just says Winnie Cooper, smart as bulk, it's true. Every guy, and I would guess a fair number of women my age has a not-so-secret crush on Winnie Cooper, and also on What's-Her-Name-That-Played-Winnie Cooper, but mainly just on on Winnie Cooper. We could do an entire list uh, right now of fictitious uh, uh, TV girls that guys have crushes on. Because Winnie Cooper appeals to the same guy uh, to whom Willow Rosenberg appeals. Uh, Well, I don't even know the actress's name who plays Winnie Cooper. Who is that?
3: Danica Danica something.
2: Yeah. Now, nah, see, it was right there, and now it's gone. Danica something, or really, you're right about that. She has a math book out now, They're trying to convince girls that, like, math is sexy or something, which will not work, but, I mean, points for trying. 503
3: 733
2: Danica McKellar. Danica McK- McKellar. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program, CNN radio correspondent,
3: Lisa Dan,
2: uh, joining us now on the Rick Emerson radio program. I know I offended your sensibilities by saying that math isn't sexy.
10: You didn't you didn't say that, but you 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 implied it. But yeah, no, Matt, come on, Matt, that can totally be sexy. Uh,
2: all right, well, perhaps when you talk about it, but really beyond that, let's just let's just call a spade a spade. I look, let me just I, I'm, nah, no, no, no. See, I'm going to have to restrain myself because otherwise, I'm going to say a whole lot of things that are just going to be inflammatory, and it's just going to sound as though I'm. I attempting... thought that was the point. I well, I don't wish it sound as though I'm just trying to provoke. I will I will say this. Okay. I will say this. I know that there is a constant struggle, especially um, I I think with um, with young girls to try to sort of not get them interested in math as such. But I do know, um, and I I know some people who have children, and I know some people who have sort who have girls, and they they sort of there is this whole thing about not getting the girl to be into math and science per se, but just about like training girls not to pretend to be dumber than they are. And I think that that is sort of a I don't know if it's an epidemic, but it is a thing I think that, that that I think especially younger and teenage girls will sometimes do, where they sort of pretend to be dumb because they think that either a that's what people want them to be, or they think that somehow being smart is off putting. So don't, I, you think
10: some, don't you think some guys do that too,
2: though? Uh, guy, with guys it's not usually an act. Guys are really just usually <laughs> guys are sincerely and and truly dumb most of the time. <laughs> there's at least for like a good five years. There's a good there is sort of this intellectual tunnel that one goes through. And it's sort of like going into some sort of an underground passage where you can't get cell service. There's about a five-year period where guys just can't get any, any two of their synapses to rub together at all. Uh, and that's just sort of the way it is. Girls, I, though, I think it, they put it on. I think girls sometimes pretend to be dumb because they think that's the only way that guys will pay attention to them. So I think that's true. By the same token. I think that's
10: true. I think that's real. I do, but I do think anything that, that a celebrity has to go out and say, hey, this is sexy it's not it's
2: not. Well, I will say that there is somebody on this phone call and it wasn't me who did a whole special about uh making quote oh, the national deficit I am so sexy. Busted.
10: Yes, yes That's you true. are. Sherrod you it's are Lisa Desjardins. Uh, yeah it's it's true but i I do think uh i I do think that was I think the deficit is sexy I and, know. It, and it was and that was really a blatant open attempt just to get listeners uh r- just to, to put in a word that might make people listen to a story oh, yes.
2: I well no it worked i, I can tell you there's any number of people in our audience who probably tuned in simply because that one word was in there that, I
10: see exactly I mean I could have just said I'm going to use the word sexy so you'll listen to this story about the deficit
2: you should totally do that you all oh, come on okay wait I have a great idea I should do that there is a great okay CNN needs to do an exciting new series of programs entitled it literally the series would be called like uh, making blank sexy or or blank I, is sexy I... Or something like that, uh, where you take a seemingly nondescript, a very dry issue and you sort of, you know, you, you sort of zip it up a little for television. That's a great idea.
10: That is not a bad idea. Yeah, I have a you can co- be pretty open, yeah.
2: I have a coworker here who, though, has a, um, she has two daughters, and she was trying to help one of the daughters with, it was like multiplying mixed numbers or some crap. It was, you know, like five and three-quarters times nine and seven, eight. Nonsense. Whatever. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and this this woman, you know, the a coworker of, our names, of ours named Susan, who was our marketing director, is, I mean, sharp as, as a razor. I mean, she's nobody's idea of, of dumb. Um, and she just completely punted. And she finally just emailed the teacher. And she was like, you know, I'm trying to help my, uh, my daughter with this, and I'm just making a mess of it, so uh, sorry, blame, blame me. And I tried to explain to her that really the reason that she's forgotten how to do it, the reason that that section of her brain is atrophied is that unless you are going to be a math teacher at some point uh, and pass it on to yet another generation of children who won't need it unless they in turn are math teachers, is that no one ever uses that ever, 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 ever for anything.
10: You don't think that just, de- it doesn't just develop a part of your brain, even if you're not using it regularly.
2: It develops a part of your brain you don't need. I'm just, I, and I'm not saying that to be adversarial. I'm really not.
10: I'm, I just have to bring up that I think Hollywood did have a moment where it was trying to make, uh, math sexy in the movies. I don't know if you remember Denise Richards, I believe, in the Bond movie she was in. I can't remember what it was. Was a mathematician.
2: I think that was, um,
10: also, Elizabeth Shue in The Saint, mathematician, oh, physicist, I guess, but heavy Matthews in that movie, well, heavy Matthews.
2: Also, every movie that features uh, one or more computer hackers, especially if there are multiple computer hackers, one of them must look like Angelina Jolie and be like the world's most, you know, preeminent expert True. in blank. So, you know, well, whatever. And, and there, always has to be the, there always has to be a line in the movie, something like, there's only one person in the world who can crack this code. (laughs) And then it's like you cut to her doing Pilates in a swimsuit, you know, (laughs) like in her most revealing swim togs. Right. All right. Well, in any event, um, yes. Uh, you know, it's, I circled Larry Craig here because at the time, I. It, 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 you can just tell me. There's nothing new, is there?
10: No, there's nothing new. And you know, I, I, he, he has not been cited in the Capitol today. He, he may be here, but uh, no one has seen him, so we don't know if he came to work. All right. Well, not. there you go. So see, that was easy.
2: Uh was, Thank goodness. Well, I just, I, I, I circled it just out of a sense of prurient journalistic obligation.
10: <laughs> and, <laughs> And pounding a subject into the ground. Well, that's
2: what we do here. I mean, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And then I just sort of realized as I put on my waiters and just plunged into it that I, I don't really care. Um, well, I know that President Bush is doing this, this uh-huh. briefing because there's this continued... And this is how impotent I now just believe Congress to be, that I've actually just sort of tuned out any of this back-and-forth debate about whether... They're going to vote for more funding, or they're going to vote to get rid of the funding, or if it's funding with strings and an asterisk, or whether whether it's only the asterisk, or whether things are unchanged. I don't even know where we are. Are so,
10: you going to make President Bush use one of those, uh, you know, uh, kind of arcade games that has all the quarters around it, and you put your quarter in, so, yes, and it's constantly moving that bar out, and so that it looks like it'll push the quarters.
2: Yes, but, yeah, the crane, the crane pusher machine. Yeah.
10: Crane pusher machine. That's that's actually their funding plan now. They they're, they're going to give him a, you know, a roll of quarters and whatever he can get out of it. It'll end up that. Yeah, it's it's a mess. And I think that Democrats have said this time we will not pass funding without some kind of timeline. And by that and and they have compromised. They've said We'll make it a goal instead of a required date, but we want some kind of date in there. And the president has said, "Nope, I, I don't, I don't want any of those strings attached. I'm not accepting any of that." So, you know, Democrats have come more toward the middle. They're getting criticized for that by many, many of many of on the left. Uh, but I think they do have at least some consistency in saying. Listen, you got, it. we've got a compromise here. This isn't going to work otherwise. The president's, however, has stared them down every single time, you know, like a 12th grader looking at a fifth grader. And, and they have, they've backed off. So right now we're back in that same place. I think what's interesting about the news conference the president had today was Iran. And we've had in the last day this national intelligence estimate, intelligence estimate come out, uh, that has revealed the intelligence agencies of the U.S. Believe that Iran actually froze its nuclear weapons program four years ago. And in the meanwhile, though, President Bush has been firing up the rhetoric, uh, saying, Oh, Iran is a, a very dangerous threat. We, you know, we, I'm worried about World War III. He said that last year. Uh, and, and so the president, when confronted with this today, you know, people, sort of Democrats saying, Hey, this, this smells like another Iraq uh, intelligence used to push an agenda when the intelligence doesn't really bear out what you're saying. Uh, the president, I have to give it to him. This was some very artful spin. He said, well, this intelligence estimate, at least it says that there was a nuclear weapon program. <laughs> we were right about that. Ah,
11: uh, okay. Even
10: if it's still not around, you know. And, you know, he has a point. Of course, Iran, if it wants to reactivate this program, could still obtain a nuclear weapon, maybe, uh, let's see, it's 2007, maybe by 2010, 2015, something like that. But really, this is a case where even Republicans—I talked to Lindsey Graham from South Carolina a couple minutes ago—are pretty baffled by this and said, "Listen, we spent the last year pinning our hats to this, railing against Iran, saying what a problem it is, and now we find out that, that this intelligence is saying they, they're actually—they don't have a nuclear weapons program underway." You know, so there's a lot going on here, and I think the latest there's going to be. It's going to get uh, very myopic. It's going to be a lot of details about when the president heard this and and how he knew and why didn't he know and when did he. And uh, I, I predict that this could be an important story, but it also is going to be a tedious one in the next couple of days.
2: Well, all right. And, uh, and I, know I know that these... he's like, whatever. It's just that I know that these figures that come out that say that the congressional approval rating is like 1%. I mean, I know that that's a little bit of that's a little bit bogus because i know that no american ever is going to go i love congress they're my favorite thing ever like no american is really ever going to say that they're just they're all about congress and they think they're the best group of people ever it's sort of it's sort of a it is the default position in america to hate congress and politicians that being said their approval rating is so low.
10: It's true. It's, it's notably low. I think it goes beyond the used car salesman you, you, situation, right? I,
2: I mean, people like scurvy more than they like Congress. And so you would think that at some point...
10: Could make a comeback. On, right.
2: this, on the Iranian issue or on this flawed intelligence business or on the funding, you would think at some point that Congress would just assume that they have nothing to lose, that, I mean, they should just cut their losses... And, I mean, they have nothing to lose by finally just putting up a fight on one of these issues or trying to call the president out on something instead of just scurrying away like some sort of wharf rat, uh, you know, in the glare of a flashlight. It just, uh, it just makes no sense to me.
10: Well, you, know, I, you know, I don't watch Grey's and I've, I've watched maybe two episodes of Grey's Anatomy, and I, I actually thought it was a good show, but I haven't watched a lot of it. But I can tell it's, good. it's a little, little melodramatic, but I liked it. Uh, and one of those episodes, I guess these two girls are in the emergency room. They're fighting over this uh, wedding gown, and whoever lets go first uh, loses, you know, the winner gets like a huge all-expense-paid wedding. And they're both holding on to this wedding gown for the whole episode, uh, essentially. And this is kind of what's going on in Congress. I've got a point here. This is Congress, the Democrats and Republicans are holding on to what they think uh, will impress voters and keep them in office or gain them some political ground. And it's a situation where, you know, they're both saying, hey, well, you let go first. I'll let go with you. You know, and and both of them instead are just keeping up, fighting each other, rather than letting go of all of this politics that's in the middle and paying attention to real issues. They're both holding on to the politics because if, if one of them backs down, they feel like they'll be vulnerable. Now, the truth is... They're both wrong, and and they're both just bringing each other down uh, with these sort of petty attacks. But they don't see that.
2: Uh, real quickly here. Did that it,
10: make any sense? No,
2: it, it really did. And I it is just, and I apologize for monopolizing so much of your time today, especially with. No, life. it's great.
10: I, I've got I've got great time. Noodles is uh, doing the top of the hour, so I'm in good shape.
2: You're free and clear. Um, it, so um, two brief things. When is this? When is this Mitt Romney speech happening? It's not. Mm-hmm. Is it today? Is it this week? It's Thursday. Thursday. Okay. And it's funny because I was reading this article uh, uh, from W uh, W. Let's see, WBZ, uh, which is in Manchester, and they actually did repeatedly reference. Um the Kennedy speech, but only to say that it's not like the Kennedy speech, to say that it's not like uh, the Kennedy Roman Catholic thing. And that Romney himself has said that a couple times. So they're certainly aware of that.
10: They're trying to say, yeah, but I mean, it's so difficult not to make a parallel there. And I think with the Kennedy speech, it was actually just a few lines in a speech. In which Kennedy said essentially, you know, I don't tell my church what to do. Sure. The church doesn't tell me what to do.
2: It's sort of, I think it's like the checker speech, where that's the thing that everybody gloms onto. That's to right. Of...
10: And that, that becomes what everybody remembers from the it, speech. But, and it was an important moment for him, absolutely. But, it, you know, I, I, I think that is a little bit of spin. I mean, even Mitt Romney's got to have that sort of mantle on him of, of the, the first guy from any community sure. to have this kind of shot. And, and it, it's, I mean, every other American president has been a white Protestant. Male, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's a little bit of spin, but they're trying to make it his speech and not a John Kennedy speech. We'll see.
2: The uh, and then finally, I saw this, and I guess we're going to be hearing uh, more about this as Mike uh, Huckabee his, his ascendance continues. Yes. That they're now trying to uh, tie this sort of Willie Horton thing to him of <clears throat> of this uh, some some convicted rapist that he apparently who he apparently par- uh, paroled or uh, I, I don't know if it, the guy I think he was paroled and then he ended up either he he was paroled, I believe, and then ended up either assaulting or killing, or quite possibly both, someone else. Um, And I've already seen a couple stories. I didn't have time to read a whole lot of it. I saw it in Google News. A couple stories already come across the transom uh, that contained the words Huckabee, parole, and then, like, rape, kill, like, right next to each other. So somebody is clearly feeding this out.
10: I don't know how to pronounce the man's name, but I think it's Wayne Dumond. Um, and he he was released when Huckabee was governor, and he he subsequently I guess uh, raped I think it was a rape um, and killed a woman, and it was it was in a different state, and that did get a lot of attention. So it and it happened uh, while Huckabee was governor. So you know we'll see what happens, but I I think I think a, a bigger deal is that now we're seeing a lot of <laughs> we're seeing uh, just how highly coveted all this is, the money and the the sort of Uh, intensity here, I guess the dirty tricks that are coming out. I think just in the last week we also saw in Iowa... Uh, the Giuliani campaign, I believe the Romney campaign and the Thompson campaign all told CNN that, uh, they had reports from their supporters of what's called push polls, which is essentially right. is, you know, it's a called, uh, famous one was McCain back in 2000 where they said, oh, do you, do you know that McCain has a mixed race daughter and he had adopted a girl? Uh, you know, they do these negative calls that are meant to really tarnish a, a candidate. So these three campaigns say, hey, we were push polled by someone who was recommending Huckabee and gave a Huckabee Website trying to make Huck look like this real negative, dirty politician. You know, and it's funny. All of these guys pull this stuff, but you know, e- even I may be buying into the Huckabee aura too much because it just doesn't ring true. And I wouldn't put it past anybody out there, from the Democrats to whoever, uh, to to push poll for another candidate. To make that candidate it's it's nuts and just strap yourself in because it's gonna get worse.
2: Did did you see that Hillary Clinton's campaign is now actually quoting something that Barack Obama said when he was a kindergartner to his teacher? That as you but that that really is a microcosm for how crazed and you know, as Hunter Thompson said, this is the fastest, meanest racetrack of them all and that really is that that that,
10: And you know now Obama and Hillary both have um, websites devoted to the attacks coming from the other side.
2: it's oh, fantastic. It's a good it's time to be control. us. Yeah. All right. Lisa Desjardins, as always. Oh, here's your Richie Bristol fun fact. Oh,
10: right. What is it?
2: What is it? Exactly. Hold on. Uh, well, he has actually prepared a whole list of these. Um, I will actually use my remaining fun fact, and then we'll get to his tomorrow. Uh, yesterday, we revealed that uh, Richie Bristol uh, has no sense of, of a smell. His olfactory sense is non-existent due to exposure from chemicals some time ago. So here's a follow-up to that. Um, as sort of a subset to yesterday's fun, the fact that you should know that Richie Bristol at all times has at least two bottles of cologne with him. And if you were to go back to his call screening room here, there are actually, I counted them this morning, there are eight bottles of cologne sitting in the call screening room window because at one point he inadvertently um, had bad body odor and someone complained about it to a radio station manager later. So he now carries multiple bottles of cologne with him everywhere he goes. Wow. So there you go.
10: That's amazing. You're a
2: little bit more informed than you were just 15 seconds ago.
10: <laughs> I feel like there needs to be some pharmacy labels on those saying, you know, do not mix.
2: No, it's, he actually mixes them frequently. He actually at one point oh, came no. in with something smelling really rank, And we asked him what it was. I swear to you, he revealed that he had taken three bottles that are about a third full each and just poured them together and slathered it on. So there you go. Wow. Fantastic. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope that put a smile on your face. Almost. All right. (laughs) Lisa Desjardins. Thank you, Lisa. Okay. All right, there you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Bringing sexy math back. Oh, I heard the worst thing yesterday. Poison decided to cover "Sexy Back" by Justin Timberlake. Boy, that that was like the no. that was like the worst decision ever. And I'm a big Poison fan, I really am. That's a thing they shouldn't have done. So there you go. Uh, well, let's get this call. Then we'll break and we'll come back with uh, the new News Hour. Why, hello, sir, madam, as the case maybe? Rick, hello. How are you? I'm dandy. What's up?
8: Um, have you guys seen the story about uh, the 18-year-old kid from Gresham?
2: Does he walk into a bar carrying a duck under his arm?
8: No, he's, he no he's the son of a caregiver, I guess, and he drank a half gallon of Jack Daniels and an 11 inch toilet brush.
7: Um, Wait, what?
2: <laughs> I don't understand. How do you There's drink a, a toilet brush?
8: No, no, no. He while he had drank a half gallon of Jack Daniels, he says he somehow put an 11 inch toilet brush inside
2: in a private area. Yes. Uh, of, of himself?
8: Of, no, of one of his mother's patients. Oh. Um, it's on the front page of the Metro today in the Oregonian.
2: Oh, that's great. Well, that's well, yeah. we'll, we'll get a PSA made about it.
8: Thank yeah, you. it's uh, Gresham. <laughs> Bye now. Bye now. Jesus.
2: The fact that our guy would wait and hold like 40 minutes to tell us that story is both great and awful. Hmm. Uh, let's take a break. We come back. Tim Riley, The Ministry of Truth. Uh, later on, James Roop, uh, I Am Legend tickets, and the uh, top five songs I loathed playing as a DJ. Stay there for The Rick Emerson Show. 733 Five oh three seven three three two nine oh Oh, that's just messed up. Why would you send me this, Rick? Check out this woman with her feet backward. It's a woman, woman born with her feet backward, and of course she's running in a marathon. All oh, those feet are messed up. I'm closing that. I'm not going to look at that anymore. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy 503 At the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Time
12: for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
4: Witnesses watched in horror as a rescue failed and a pickup truck was swept away with a woman inside. This happened in Tillamook. Some good Samaritans were trying to attach something to it to pull it out of the water. They weren't fast enough. The truck and the female driver were swept away. The truck was spotted again. There was nobody inside. Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on outside here. That's totally creepy. Like, we think because we're in here that everything's fine, but actually it isn't for a lot of people. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, Oregon's northern coast remains cut off from the rest of the world. In Tillamook County, they've confirmed two people died during the storm. Virtually all the major roads from Portland to the coast remain blocked. Uh, let's see here. ODOT reports a 200-foot stretch of Highway 26 has dropped three feet. Uh, the sinking grade differs from a sinkhole due to its size. Yeah. The whole road has fallen apart. Now, wh- where is this? This is at? Highway 26. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is at mile post. It begins at milepost 39.
2: 39. Whereabouts is that?
4: Uh, that's two miles west of uh, the Dennis L. Edmonds Tunnel. Ugh,
2: Jesus, that's just creepy.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, Flooding in Greater Portland has claimed the life of a man's body was found lying face down in the swollen Hedges Creek in Tualatin. All kinds of unpleasant things here. Uh, ODOT Transportation official Paula L. Diamond told a news conference that crews are working very hard to reopen the I-5. Uh, she said the flood will have a multi-million dollar effect on the economy.
7: We have about 54,000 cars and trucks every day using I-5 through this area. Calculating just the delay for those trucks over a 24-hour period, we're arriving at a $4 million delay impact for every 24 hours that the uh, freeway is closed.
2: Was there something about some bridge that they were thinking was going to uh, tip over or whatever? Yeah,
4: that's at uh, Salmon Creek. They closed that. Okay, because it, and I'm unclear about why. That's on Highway 99. Well... It, it, it's it's gone down a couple of other times, and they had some uh, metal poles ar- around the pylons to try mm-hmm. to save it, but it might not happen. So it, that remains closed. Just the and whole idea of a bridge of tipping
2: over is unnerving.
4: Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, horrible stuff going on there. Alisa uh, Bateman of the Washington Department of Transportation. Says the amount of water over the twenty mile stretch of I five is just unbelievable.
7: It's
10: shocking. It's shocking. We have about a twenty mile stretch of I five closed. Um it's an inconvenience, but more than anything it's a real safety issue.
4: Well, I mean, and just you don't really think about the fact sixty thousand Portlanders
2: drive to Seattle every day. Ah, oh, man, not anymore. The uh, I mean how do you uh, So and this is a dumb question, but how what do you is there, there's a way around though, there isn't is. there? Like you sort of I'm take a you at <laughs>
4: Tim, is there a way around? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Well, let's hear about the uh, detour here, please. Portland
10: to Seattle is generally, it's typically 164 miles. So you're going from a 164-mile route to a
7: 440-mile route.
4: Only 440 miles left to go. As a matter of fact, one of the detours
2: goes through Kennewick. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that horrible? So that that triples your driving time. That makes it like a 15-hour drive. So
4: from Portland... Jesus! You take I-84 to Umatilla, then north on Interstate 82 to the Tri-Cities area. Woo! You can go <laughs> to you go through uh, Kennewick,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you can just you can just stop and live there.
4: And then uh, you go through Ellensburg. Oh, man. you go west on Interstate 90 to Seattle. That
2: explains. Okay, well, I got an email. No, no, no. This this totally explains something today. I hadn't put this together in my head. We got an email this morning uh, that our general manager. Who um, is right now commuting? Not every day, but is spending part of his time in Seattle, part of his time here. Mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, moving down and getting this, you know, whatever it, things in order, as they say. So he's, so he's been spending some time in Seattle, some time here. We got an email today. They were saying, hey, he's going to be, uh, you know, he's passing through Ellensburg right now, and it's going to be a long drive. So call him on your cell if you have it. And I thought, well. How was he in Ellensburg for? It's a tough commute. I thought you would like, what? Is he just going you know, to stop and like rope some cattle or something? I just couldn't put But that totally makes sense. Jesus, that's awful. And there's not a thing you can do about it. Well, okay.
10: It can take a long time
7: um, for the water levels to go back down after they've gotten to this point where, where they're literally covering the interstate.
2: You know, I, it had never occurred to me, and you don't really ever think about this, that just like rain can just destroy things. I mean, you know, because you think of earthquakes, yeah, it has. you think of uh, you think of fires, or you know, whatever things that are typically very traumatic. You think of like a meteor hitting the ground or something. You don't really think that just a steady drip of water out of the sky uh, can just destroy bridges and close freeways and but kill it's people. It's been like
4: a fire hose. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, you know, it's just it's creepy to think about. That's one of those things. Not to revisit the topic from the other day, but that's one of those the reasons I don't really uh, I don't really worry about the environment because the environment's like way stronger than we are. The environment mm-hmm. kill us off without thinking about it. And
4: also, let's see here, we have uh, lots of people being arrested. Uh, by the way, a lot of people ask, why can't you take 101 to go to Seattle? Why you, can't you Well, you can't because it's closed in several locations, uh, so you can't go that way. So go through Kennewick and enjoy yourself. <laughs> go through Kennewick.
2: Stop by Hubby's Isn't People. Isn't that the, the uh, Palm Springs of uh, <laughs> Washington State? Or oh, no. right, I think thinking of something else? No, but Kennewick, that you're thinking of Yakima. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but uh, Kennewick is the Palm Springs of the Tri-Cities. So of the three cities, if you have to stay in one, stay in Kennewick. Stay away from Pasco. Keep your windows rolled up if you have to go through there.
4: So there's no Amtrak. And uh, in Vernonia, uh, rescuers were uh, coasting around people's flooded yards, knocked on doors, they went door to door. So far, 300 people have been evacuated. A total of 696 people, most of them Columbia County residents, are in Red Cross shelters. That's in uh, Scott Daly's area. Yeah. Also, uh, the same thing happened in uh, Chehalis. They rescued a lot of people there. Well, here's a dumb that's question:
2: true. Is it still raining in all those places? Uh, barely. You know what was weird last night? It was. I, I. It was. It was really warm last night. Yeah, it was fifty-eight it degrees. Was really bizarre. I stepped outside to walk the dog, and it was yeah. like, uh, yeah, it was like, it was like uh, t-shirts and shorts weather. It was. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I guess that's part of the. And that happens in the Northwest, though, where you get like you get those Chinook winds, like in the. Um, uh, like in December and January which really really icy and there's like that 70 uh, degree wind that just comes out of the north and just it melts everything so yeah, it's really bizarre
4: yes harsh weather is taking its toll in the northern parts of both coasts here in Oregon and Washington uh, Major Mike Babish of the Oregon Military Department says rescue teams are forced to use boats to pick up those stranded by the storm
12: one of the areas that is of greatest concern right now is the city of Renonia where we have had extensive flooding and overnight the Oregon National Guard put four Zodiac boats in uh, to work out there in an effort to try to rescue some folks who need assistance.
2: Zodiac boats sounds creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> those are those. Uh, it's a boat that cuts off your skin. Uh, the um, that, that the joke's not even historically accurate. That's a, that, that, that didn't even really work. There's no internal logic to that joke. Um, the um, can I just tell you this? Yeah. you were talking about just as a brief side note, just as a, just to bring the room up for a minute. Speaking of serial killers, you were talking about how on MySpace or on YouTube you can just lose hours of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, a whole weekend can be lost on YouTube looking at things, which I have. Here's oh me too. Here's another way you can lose an entire night. Spend a lot of time on eBay uh, looking up uh, zodiac watches, like that guy wears in the Zodiac film, uh, where they're interviewing whatever the guy that works at the machine shop or whatever, and they're looking at that zodiac watch he's wearing. You know, they actually sell those Zodiac watches online, like the actual uh, uh, vintage Zodiac watches, but goddamn, they're expensive. So, anyway, some bargain hunting for serial killer memorabilia the other day, and I got lost looking at Zodiac watches for about 90 minutes. Um, Were you looking for Christmas gifts? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Something to make the baby Jesus scream. Uh, Rick, smart people get off at I-5 and US-12, then go to Morton, then take SR-7 up to Tacoma. Uh, that is only about an hour detour. Well, it, it seems like if that was, why would everybody be doing that then? Well, yeah, it could be that, that some of those sorts are flooded too. Zodiac boats are those those weird inflatable boats that look like um, they look like a big pointy capital A. Uh, you see those like next to Greenpeace ships and whatever sometimes. I'm just you know, it's just crazy though that there's yes. like 20 miles of I-5 that are closed at some point. So yeah. It's it, it's 10 feet underwater. Ugh. Geez. So
4: it, I-5 might not reopen until Thursday yeah. the yeah. earliest so that's that uh, let's see here uh, okay the winds are dying down just a little bit on the coast the ODOT warning drivers not to attempt passages
2: through the coast range we're speaking to you morons this is like you know that that there are people on the way there think they know a better way to get there well right and, this, and this is like the, the other day we're telling people not to drive them foster mm. and everybody that doesn't apply to me I'll be fine uh, and then they go through there, and then suddenly the, the water is pouring into the cabin of the truck, and they're standing on the side of the road waving their hands like morons. So they get over 30,000 uh, homes without power out there still. You know, there was a, a big power outage downtown yesterday, um, like on 23rd and Burnside. Uh, I was talking to Joni DeRoshi, and uh, if you if you were up at like uh, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, I mean, like in, in uh, whatever, I guess it's southwest, um, uh, but right on the southwest side of Burnside, um, uh, there was uh, whole swaths of downtown that didn't have any power. That was yesterday. Oh, by the way,
4: uh, communications in Columbia, Classic and Tillamook counties are uh, virtually non-existent. No phone service.
2: No light, no boat, no motor car, not a single luxury. No. So that's that for now. So, it can't get any worse, I guess. <laughs> Say that louder. You know, that's when the weevils come. That's when that's when you wake up and there's like a, the angel of death is standing out front with uh, with you know painting lamb's blood on your door. All right. Well, the bad weather couldn't dampen a big party to open up a
4: brand new casino in the town of Florence. That's on the coast, isn't it? The new $56 million Three Rivers Casino opened to the public yesterday despite a power outage three hours before the opening and 50 mile an hour winds. More than 350 happy people showed up for the brief opening ceremony before the doors were opened. <laughs> Within 15 minutes, the gaming floor was full and the five restaurants were packed.
2: Why not? Well, I mean, look, you have to work a lot harder than this to try to keep old people away from a buffet of any kind.
4: Uh, this is run by the confederated tribes of the Khus, Lower Umpqua, and Suisla Indians. Did they make these names up? Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> they make them up to so trick these, the white man. All these people lived in this area at one time, apparently. The Khus... The Lower Umqua, so I would rather be. Oh, that's a, why they make Umqua ice cream. Well, I would rather be an Upper Umqua than a Lower Umqua. <laughs>
2: it's like you, being in the House of you Lords, a lower Umpqua, in the House of Commons, and the House. It's, well, that's I, I, and then there's that Umqua Bank too. Is the Umqua Bank owned uh, by the Umqua Tribe or something? I don't think so. Usually, the white man steals names after he kills people. And <laughs> it, statues on the door. <laughs> that's a nice name you've got here. I will use it for my bank. We won't allow you to use it. No, of course not.
4: We know what's best for you.
2: uh, uh So yeah, no, no. Anytime there's like some sort of five ninety nine smorgasbord and slot machines, mm-hmm. it'll take more than bad weather and destruction and plagues and famines to keep old people away.
4: Well, they managed to get the power on at this casino. Well, of course no, you Casino. So if Oregon
2: was one big casino, the power would probably be on by. Oh now. hell, man! It's on. A, it's, a, it's on an Indian reservation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They probably got a nuclear reactor out there. I mean, it's, it's, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Whitey's laws apply to them. I think they can have, like, whatever they want, so I'm pretty sure they've just got some, like, underground plutonium thing, reservoir or something happening. Hell, I would. I mean, mm-hmm. if the laws didn't apply... If I was able to exempt myself from laws, which, you know, fine, whatever. If the laws didn't apply to me, I would have, uh, you know, I would have, uh, like, like, a howitzer uh, and some sort of, like, fission reactor in my backyard today. So that's fine. Um and when your entire uh, economy, or the, the 90% of the economy of those places, is based on casinos, they have to do everything. Well, and, and it's not just Indian casinos, because everybody, everybody has either witnessed this or heard a story like this. Everybody has heard from a guy who was there when, uh, you know, you in Vegas, some guy has a heart attack at the table, and like the gaming just goes on around. They just, and they're chalking the body next to you, like as the gaming continues, you are sitting there continuing to, you know, to stand on a soft sixteen. Meanwhile, the cops are in here, like, you know, putting a sheet over a guy and wheeling his body away. So, you know, casinos never stop. Well, that does sound good. Yes. Uh, let's see. Hi- highway, uh, Oregon Highway 6 from Banks to Tillamook
4: re-open. But where do you want to go, really? I, I want to go to the Cheese Factory. That's probably still open, I would imagine.
2: Uh, let's see. Um, you could also take the Horizon Shuttle. This guy says, I hear they... <laughs> this guy says... I hear they have flights every half hour and cheaper fares, Rick. Oh, yes, avo- use that airline. Not to mention microbrews and wine. Yes, avoid the slog. Uh, all right, let's see. Um... Oh, this can't be true. Somebody is sending me what they believe to be um, nude pictures of Danica McKellar. That I don't can't believe be that true. No, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't buy that. He said, "Did you see these? Uh, click on these Danica McKellar uh, nude shots. She's hot, but be forewarned, you will feel dirty." Well, this is at Maxim. I don't think you're going to feel dirty. It doesn't seem like Maxim would be publishing fakes of anything. I've got the latest Maxim. Well,
3: and she's probably not very
2: nude. Should I click on it? Maxim. Yeah. All right, hold it's on. It's safe for work. Let me look. All right. Well, we're in the studio. I can do whatever I want. You know, being in the studio is like having our own private Indian reservation, now that I think about it. It is. We can do whatever we want here. Mm-hmm. There are no... We are the law! All right, here we go. Clicking on... Uh... No, no, no. She's not nude, but these do... Um... These do still make me feel kind of dirty, though. It's sure. it's her in um, you know, it's like bra, panty, whatever, and then like these weird stiletto heel things.
11: Oh, that seems weird.
2: Those make me feel kind of icky. That's pretty. I mean, well, a lot of photoshopping there. That's a lot of airbrushing. I mean, she's not a, a, she's not unattractive. I would say she's not like a classic Hollywood style beauty. She is very pretty though. I mean, there's no getting around that. Uh, boy, you know that it's gotta be. If I could just sidetrack myself for a moment, it's gotta be tough in a weird way, to be her. I don't know if she's married or has kids or whatever, but it's got to be strange to be somebody like Danica McKellar because it's got to be difficult to weed out all the guys who want to F you because you're Winnie Cooper, who are trying to like have some weird teenage, early adolescence, weird fetishist role-play thing come true. So that's just got to be... It's like being watching it. It's like being Alison Hannigan. You know, we're just a bunch of underweight or over, overweight guys with pimples and thick glasses who want to have sex with Willow Rosenberg. It's just, it, 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 I mean, I mean, I think male celebrities don't have any issue with that. That's fine, but I think if you're a female celebrity, that's got to be strange. Here's Tim Riley. The first
4: specific rumor regarding a Led Zeppelin concert on this side of the Atlantic is now uh. surfing. Ah. Billboard.com is having an industry insider newsletter that said the legendary classic rock band is slated to take part in next year's... Bonnaroo Music Festival in Manchester, Tennessee. Yes. If it's true, it would be Led Zeppelin's first full concert appearance on these shores in more than
2: 30 years. Yeah. The last show took place in July 1977. Say where? I do believe the last show they ever played in America. I could be wrong about this. Doesn't say. I do believe the last ever American show uh, was in the Kingdom in Seattle in 77. Oh. Because it was John Bonham. John Bonham, I think, died. Jesus, now I don't even know. Oh, man, I'm, I'm slipping at my old age. I'm trying to remember because there was the tour, and then Bonham died at some point, so they never did another American tour. And I know this because my older brother uh, saw – one of my older brothers saw Zeppelin at the kingdom. For their, and I do believe it was either their final tour or their final show. And I've actually got a copy of that concert on DVD. I've got a copy of Zeppelin's final ever Seattle concert on DVD. You know, it's a terrible bootleg, but it's kind of interesting to watch. Especially, it's weird to watch a Zeppelin bootleg from the Kingdom in '77 and to know that my older brother was in the audience. That's a weird thing. Um, well, we might as well talk about that now. So Zeppelin's on the cover, is so called Zeppelin because they're minus bottom, of course, uh, are on the cover of Rolling Stone because they're doing that um, thing in London. So check this out. Um, Well, let's see. We got this. Um, I meant to read this last week, but he says, Rick, I don't know about you, but it always appears to me that nobody ever wins online contests. Until now, says this listener of ours. He says, I won the Led Zeppelin Lotto and I purchased two ticks to go see them on the 10th of December. Can you recommend a good resource for finding inexpensive inexpensive accommodations in London? Thanks for your time. P.S., I'm going to see effing Led Zeppelin and like a thousand exclamation marks. Inexpensive accommodations in London? I don't think so. No. Well, I mean, but you know, but, but the thing is, this contest, which is probably like an iTunes thing, this contest to get, for Zeppelin tickets, the contest wasn't to get tickets. The contest was to get the chance to buy tickets. It's like when they put floor seats for the Knicks on sale, and you pay like 50 grand for the chance to pay 200 grand for the seats. This was, you won the contest for the chance to, bat, I think the tickets were like thousands of dollars though. So I think this guy's probably already forked over like three or four large just for the, you know, just for the tickets. So I wish that we had gotten this email or that I'd read it earlier because I feel bad we didn't help the guy. But I mean, inexpensive accommodations in London are really, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but you're going to see Zeppelin live, man. Get a good hotel. Um, I mean, you know, just drink deep of the from the cup of life um so i'm gonna call this guy or email this guy because we have to talk to him before he goes so he's going to see zeppelin which is like the best thing ever uh because i just sort of am resigned to the fact that it'll never happen for me like i just i know if it does great whatever doesn't you know i if, i'm just sort of resigned to the fact that i will not ever get to see um these three guys i saw plant and page years ago which sucked um but um you know, whatever. So, uh, But we're definitely going to talk to this guy when he's back. So this listener of ours, Wallace, is going to see uh, Led Zeppelin uh, with Jason Bonham on the drums in uh, in London on uh, the 10th of December. So that is fantastic. Uh, well, let's see here. Um, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
12: Hi, Rick. I don't know if anybody cares, but you guys were talking about math being sexy earlier on. Yes. Uh, McEl- McEl- Danica McKellar, you know... What's her name? Winnie. Uh, Actually, when she was done with that Wonder Year, she went to school, and she has, like, a thesis that's been published about some sort of mathematical theory or something or
2: other. Uh, And she has a book for girls, actually, called something or other, Math is Cool or whatever, Uh, because (laughs) a friend of mine bought that for her daughter. Uh, We... I was going to say that I won't identify the friend. I actually won't, uh, only because it's um, anyway. Whatever. No <laughs> one wants to. Yeah, no one likes to be caught buying a dorky parenting book. Well, um, well, it, but we have a friend who bought that for her daughter, and it's some Winnie Cooper book about math is really righteous or whatever, which is a lie, of course. But you know. Well, we
12: Winnie know. Cooper is righteous, and uh, my uh, saddest episode of one of the years was when that uh, the teacher has passed away.
2: Oh, uh, uh, that's a sad one. Bringing the whole room down. No, it's true. <laughs> Uh, that that's I gotta go back and watch that whole show just so I can uh, have myself a have myself a good down.
12: Well, if it ever comes to DVD, we can all have like a downer party.
2: Is it not out on DVD?
12: I don't believe it is. I'll uh, probably, probably the, some kind of music. Music? Right?
2: It's got the music licensing. It's got to be crazy for that. I never thought about that. Probably that's what kept freaks and geeks off the market forever. Uh, all right, thank oh you, well. sir. You're welcome. Bye now. Here's Tim Riley. Well, get ready
4: for some new public restrooms. Commissioner Randy Leonard hopes to have a public restroom constructed as early as next year at Northwest 5th Avenue and Gleason. They also want another one at Northeast 3rd and Cooch, but there's no timetable for that. That's adorable.
2: I'm sorry. Sarah just showed oh, me a picture of a about hedgehog. about the restroom. No, no, no. Sarah just showed me a picture of a hedgehog with a, a cast on its well, leg. Well, then
3: you looked at them and that's adorable. No, no.
2: Well, the bathrooms are great. Sarah just showed me a picture of a hedgehog with a cast Look, on its leg.
3: That's it two little casts. Oh, and how it says that the happen? hedgehog community has turned its back on him because like, he can't hibernate properly. Well, and hedgehogs get hit by cars
2: a lot in England, uh, in in Europe there are a lot of hedgehogs and they get struck by cars or whatever. So it's a hedgehog with two little casts on his legs. I I'm gonna put it on your face. The space. bathrooms are also adorable. Don't get me wrong. Yes, we um, are moving forward with
4: a prototype in which a user's feet can be seen from the outside. The top will be open as well. Some will pull such designs on modesty Ground. There's a real aversion that Americans uh, have about seeing people speak when they go to the bathroom.
2: Uh-huh. Let's just call it, you know what it is. It's like in the in the wake of D.B. Cooper, they have that thing on a plane called the Cooper's vein. Uh, this will be co- this is the Craigers uh, vein. That's totally what this is. That is a Larry Craig thing. Um, so I haven't even used the one it, it all, after all my bitching that they didn't put restrooms downtown, and for all of our joyous uh, jubilation that they installed these bathrooms, I have yet to use them. So, I'm going to make it a point to go by and uh, use one of those bathrooms this week. In the <laughs> next couple of days. Day. <laughs> no, but isn't the one at, the one by City Halls open, though, isn't it? Oh, I guess they do have one there, yeah. This the is America's the does. new one, yeah, but they got the, the one by City Hall. Because I was, you know, I always bitched about the fact that, because even if you're like, uh, you know, Jesus, the only place, the only reliable bathrooms downtown, in my estimation, there's Powell's. If, you, if you're in that part of downtown, you can go to Powell's. Or, if you are in the mall... You can, but the 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 bathroom at the mall downtown is like by the food court, and it's just a that place is a maze. That you talk about Vancouver needing a big sign that says "this way out." Mm. That mall downtown needs a needs like a huge blinking sign, or like a great gazoo thing that floats through the air that you can just follow to the exit. You get lost in that mall downtown, you'll never get out. And am I the only one that has this difficulty? That um. And if I sound a little cranked up today, I should tell you I have uh, I had two hours of sleep last night. So there you go. In just in case anybody. I, I have last night. No, everybody I talked to this no, morning I, I has slept, slept two badly. Hours. Really? Well, I was kind of uh, being a newsman. I was kind of jacked up over the the storm, the storm. Coverage, yeah. and you were up up at the crack of dawn to well, be here I at the usually, storm yeah. center. I yep.
4: I and I'm usually up early anyway. But even to be at the storm center, yes, we had coverage early
2: this morning. So you slept three hours, Sarah?
3: I don't even know. I I probably slept. Like four, I went to bed at like eleven last night. Then woke up uh, like once an hour, stayed awake mm. for an hour, fell
2: back asleep for an Maybe hour. Maybe there should be a group nap around two or so. A siesta. Yeah. <laughs> I was still asleep, uh, still awake at four a.m. Uh, and I got up at around eight, so that sucked. Everybody and everybody I've said everybody I've asked this morning that I slept so badly. There was something weird in the air last night. Nobody mm. saw my sound a little on edge today. Not no, in bad mood. Warm. I'm just a little ragged today. It, it was strange. That's the other thing. And sp- something's blowing in from China. No, no, no. And What are we we... That was a long wait for a little payoff. Sorry. Uh, I was looking for the other one. Hold on. Do I have the, uh. Well, there's that one too. Uh, I had like a violin thing. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, my wife, we have this electric blanket. And my wife, you know, she cranks the electric blanket up, but last night that was ill advised. Because A, it was really warm. B, I forgot to turn the ceiling fan on, but in the middle of the night, I just didn't have the energy to turn it on. And then the dog was sleeping right on top of me at one point, which is like having another heating blanket on you. So I'm just, uh, just you know, just sweating. And so, I'm um, yeah, I'm not in a bad mood. I'm just a little ragged today. Uh, so my thoughts are not fully formed. Uh, that's why that is. But I didn't it, even notice. Now, here's the thing about the... Thanks, I guess. <laughs> or not. No, it's like an um, oval program. Well, that's one. Um, which is always... <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> no, but the thing about that downtown mall is... I can never figure out where any store is because there's like four different buildings downtown oh, that, true. that all seem like the mall. Do you know what I mean? The Apple store is in the basement next to the food court. Yeah, but, 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 but I mean, do you know which building? No. See, that's what I'm saying. It's it, it, there are about three different buildings downtown. So no matter
4: which way you go, it's never the
2: way you it's came ne- in. That's exactly. You don't know, know that, that, you're on it's like, whoa, where am no, I?" No, it is like an Escher painting in there, man. It 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 is insane. If I were to put you downtown on like whatever, like 4th and like Wa- Washington or whatever, whatever the hell it is, and I say, okay, now I want you to go to the Franklin Covey store, go. You will pick the wrong building, you will go to the wrong floor in the wrong building, and you will head off the wrong direction. Uh, then your second choice will also be wrong. And when you finally uh, locate the store by process of elimination, yes, A, it will take you forever to find the way out. God help you if you have to go to the bathroom. Because God only knows where that is. it's by the food court, but where the hell is the food court uh and then when you finally leave the building, you will be nowhere near where you came in and you will be unable to find your car or public transit of any kind. and you'll kind. be panhandled within ten seconds oh yeah and then, then and then they'll take you to set you on Would fire you by the steel bridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never want to help you ever. Can I just tell you this well, um go ahead, speaking of panhandlers panhandler. The Dennis uh, Miller was complaining about them again this morning. Was he? About Panhandlers yeah. in Portland? Did somebody call from Portland? I love that promo, uh, the, Did you hear Joe Francis call Dennis Miller's show yesterday? No. Well, he called him. Uh, did they call him? Did they get in touch with him? Yeah, his PR people were trying to get him booked on talk shows. Jesus Joe Francis, Francis the Girls Girls Gone Gone Wild guy who's in jail right now, Mm -hmm. was on Dennis Miller. That was the most uncomfortable call I've ever heard. that was very It was incredibly, I mean, it was compelling. It was compelling. Great radio, as they say. But, boy, it was, because that guy is just such a weasel. He's just, yeah, Joe Francis is just such an unlikable dick. I mean, the guy is just, and I don't want to start a fight about this. But I, I, I you know, uh, the thing about Dennis Miller, and I know there's people who 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 like him and people who don't. There's people in the middle, and you know, it, sometimes he, you know, sometimes he wades kind of too deep into the, the partisan politics for my taste or whatever. That's but you know, the thing that, that Dennis Miller really does well, um, better than most people, Dennis Miller has this really great knack for, it, despite his image as sort of this rabid right winger, Dennis Miller has this knack sometimes for just saying the sort of common sense, like cut to the chase, like you know, median in terms of opinion. Because Joe Francis is like, he's making all of these complaints about how the legal system is screwing him and about how, you know, and he's he's blaming everybody, you know, but himself and he's just trying to weasel out of it. And he's just coming off as just an ass. And, you know, and this is all because he didn't go to his court date. Like the judge is like, hey, you got to be in court this day. And he just stayed home. He just never showed up. And Dennis at one point is like, dude, he's like, you know, when a guy in a robe tells you to be somewhere, you, you just got to, you got to show up or they're going to put you in jail. Like, you just got to know that. And Joe Francis is just, you know, you can just sense the slime was just coming, like, over the phone from that guy. He is just a thoroughly unlikable person. So, anyway. He's uh, very L.A. Yeah, really, very much so. You know, he has, you know what it is? He sounds like Scott Storch looks. That's the thing about Joe Francis. Mm. He sounds like that guy. Um. Anyway, uh, panhandlers. <laughs> well, it's too late now. I don't have time. Um... Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Did you finish All God's Children? No, almost. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a big buzzkill of a book, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. See why I didn't have her on the show? Oh, totally. be a big downer. By
3: the way, um, so I was talking to one of my friends about that book, and a couple of my friends uh, work around the city with like homeless kids and stuff, uh-huh. These uh, guy's Billy and Courtney. It turns out they worked with that specific street
2: family. Oh, with really, the mm-hmm. Santos family, before, whatever they were called? Yep, before
3: yeah. and after any chance all that could
2: Any chance one of those gutter punks ever had of getting a, like, a nickel out of me? Gone. 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 Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
9: Hey, hello, hello. I was calling about the Led Zeppelin thing. That was the final tour, but that wasn't the final date.
2: What was the final uh, what was the final date?
9: Final date, I think, was in San Francisco because I missed out on getting tickets to the kingdom in three different places by about one person in each place. back in the days when you had to actually stand in line. Yes, at different places. I went to three places every time. I get right up to the stinking window. Sold out. Well, we're sold out, <laughs> and I missed it, and a buddy of mine, he ended up uh, through some friend of his brother's getting backstage passes to the show in uh, Oakland.
2: Uh, how cool is that?
9: Oh, it, I, I mean, I was like, oh, let me come, <laughs> take
12: me. Don't take your brother.
2: Yeah, I, I don't mean, care
12: if your brother got you the tickets.
2: Take me. I just, I, I don't even know at this point if I had the chance to see those three guys, if I would, just because I know it's it's it is it, probably so much better in my imagination than it would be with them at this point. Because God love them, but they're all like a hundred years old, and I just, you know, yeah, I just, yeah, don't know. yeah,
9: and, and plus, I mean. The whole gel of the whole Led Zeppelin thing was the four of them yeah. together. That yeah. was why they never redid anything, really, because they did not have his drumming. I mean, he he was a one-of-a-kind drummer.
2: It does kind of pain me that they're using the, the the name Led Zeppelin because they always, you know, they typically stayed away from calling themselves Led Zeppelin after Bonham died. So it does kind of bug me that they're uh, that they're doing that now. All right, thank you. Oh, hey, guess who just, thank you, sir, guess who just emailed us? Who? Dave Zaleski, meteorologist for KGW Television. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, hey, today is the calm after the storm. Scattered showers and... This is so great, he actually <laughs> took the time to email us. And is he, he phrased it just as though he's on television. Today is the calm after the storm. Scattered showers and mild temperatures have replaced the torrents of rain and triple-digit winds. Most rivers and streams will fall back into their banks. Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. Oh, this is not from Dave Selesky. Wait, hold on a second. He didn't email us No, after. no, this is... So, okay, no, 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 I take it back. I didn't read this closely enough. This is actually from someone named Susan. She has cut and pasted Dave Zaleski's uh, entry at the KGW site. <laughs> this is why I love our audience. For the sole purpose of highlighting his spelling errors. Okay, I'm oh. sorry, Dave Zaleski. Um, because we always poke fun at KGW for their spelling errors, so I was a little surprised if he emailed us. Turns out he didn't. This is actually from... Was S- Dave
3: the one who wrote about the bridge screw?
2: <sighs> Probably. Um... Most streams and rivers will fall back into their banks by tonight. That's their, T-H-E-R-E. He had to have gone to some school, right? Yes. Like, they don't just give you a meteorology degree. Or maybe they do.
3: Well, when I worked with Mark Ronchetti, who's awesome. The wrong... (laughs) The wrong... Yeah, he went to he went to meteorology school. He was all he had all kinds of decorations from that
2: meteorology what is school. What that consist? You have to draw a cloud on the inside of the map. He said Put, he went Put for like the magnetic L. <laughs> I
3: don't know. He had to go for two months, and I don't know.
2: <laughs> if you can draw this high pressure system, you may have an exciting career in the meteorological arts ahead of you.
3: I missed the Ronk. I wonder what happened to him.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Let's do this, and then we got Jesus. Then we really have to break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
8: Yeah, Rick, I got further. Uh... Buzzkill for you on the Led Zeppelin thing. Okay, uh,
2: while you're doing that, I'm going to go to the KGW website and look at this uh, misspelling in the wild, as it were. Go ahead, sir.
8: Uh, the last time they played was at the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. And uh, I believe Peter Grant, for sure, I know. And uh, one of the other members, oh, John Bonham. That's John Bonham. They were they were under indictment at the state of California for uh, funniest assault.
2: Yeah, uh, no, they, they they put a beat down on a guy. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy, Peter Grant, who was the manager of Led Zeppelin, at yeah, one, point,
8: first, one of the uh, stagehands for he, Bill Graham.
2: Yeah, uh, he, uh, he tried to... Peter, Peter Grant's son uh, tried to take a poster home. He tried to take a poster, uh, like a Led Zeppelin flyer off the wall. One right. of the security guards roughed him up, not realizing he was the son of Led Zeppelin's manager. And right. the road manager, Richard Cole, and John Bonham took him into a room and, quote, beat him relentlessly and without mercy. And I think the trailer yep. was covered in blood by the time that guy got out of there.
8: That's why they can't come back to California, because I think that warrant's still open. Wonderful. See, it's yeah, kind of cool in a rock and
0: roll
2: sort of way. Best <laughs> show ever, Rick. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Let's see. Yeah, I don't see it here. Well, it's on the blog somewhere. All right, we have to take a break here. It's 503-733-2970. It is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. We uh, come back more from Tim Riley later on. Top five songs uh, that I despise playing as the disc jockey. Uh, I Am Legend tickets. Uh, Peter Carlin, Taser Watch, Joy of Christmas. All that on the way, you say It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on, we'll do uh, I Am Legend tickets, Taser Watch, uh, Joy of Christmas Top 5, and so forth. It's 503-733-2970. This is uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Joy of Christmas
4: because that's exactly what we're going to do right now.
2: Fantastic. Here's your Joy of Christmas. man, I found the worst Christmas song. Uh, don't forget about this. It's a terrible song. It's children rapping, O oh, Come All Ye Faithful. Oh, no. Just, just like, awesome. let's, let's, let's make a, make a is mental it note. it from that Brian Wilson album? No, sadly, no. Although he himself just put out a pretty mediocre Christmas record, but this is different. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley with your Joy of Christmas.
4: So this comes to us, I guess, from the Chicago suburbs. A Hoppin' the man said he was dragged with minor injuries. He was guided by a car-carrying youths who stomped on and broke pieces of a Christmas display he has illuminated in his yard for 17 years. It all began when his wife Donna heard a commotion outside began yelling that what she saw was happening. I heard my wife scream. He was sleeping at the time. There were about seven or eight boys just destroying our Christmas decoration, just stomping and ripping and breaking them to pieces. Oh, Burl said he, he stood in front of one of the two vehicles that the vandals jumped into. I got in front of the first car. That's I think it was going to stop.
2: Always a good idea to stand in front of a car that's holding thieves. He just kind of ran me over.
4: <laughs> uh, his hand got caught in the windshield wiper. He was dragged a short distance, and his left foot was run over. He didn't get the vehicle license plate. He was hospitalized. This comes to us from Florida.
2: Ow, damn it. F-L-A.
4: <laughs> T- Crella, a Grinch baby lurking among the central Florida neighborhoods stealing holiday decorations, reindeer,
2: and yes... The baby
4: Jesus. Really?
2: Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. You know what that makes me think of? What's that? That Dragnet episode? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That where, the, where the, the, whatever the, the, the baby Jesus was stolen, and then Joe Friday spends the whole episode, and then it turns out that, the, like, some kid took it, to, like, for some adorable reason, to, like, take it home and mm-hmm. do something or whatever with it. Yeah. Yes, their
4: entire nativity scene, including the baby Jesus was stolen. Other residents say they worry about their decorations being stolen, too. Deputies are recommending residents display their lawn ornaments close to the house where they can be seen from the inside. And it's not likely that thieves will return these stolen decorations.
2: All right. Fantastic. There you go. There's your joy of Christmas for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We wish you a Merry
1: Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish
11: you a Merry Christmas. Happy
2: New Year. Fantastic. All right. I'm trying to dig up this song that has the kids rapping. It's pretty awful. Uh, In the meantime, here is uh, Tim Riley. The national intelligence people estimate, well, the
4: president was wrong when he claimed Iran's nuclear program uh, was going on. As a matter of fact, it was halted four years ago in return, and it remains on hold, so Iran is not a danger. Well, the president says... In keeping with tradition, he's not going to listen to this report at all. The NIE
6: doesn't do anything to change my opinion about the danger Iran poses to the world. Using this NIE is an opportunity to continue to rally our colleagues and
4: allies. We haven't used the truth since (laughs) 9-11. In this post-9-11
2: world, we don't care about facts. Never been more glad that I'm not in the military, really, honestly. I mean, you know, we have many friends who are in the military. I'm just saying, for me... I can already see where this is going. I think we all can. I think everyone can see the inevitable conclusion to this hideous three-act play of ours.
4: Don't you forget, Iran is a terrible threat. The
6: strategy we have used in the past is effective. And the reason why we need to make yeah. sure that strategy goes forward for the future is because if Iran shows up with a nuclear weapon, at some point oh, in time on. the world's going to say, Never what mind. happened Don't. to them Don't. in 2007?
4: No, I'm done. I'm not going to dwell on it. I heard a NAD for National Guard Recruitment in this mother's on here say, I was
2: really afraid for my daughter's safety until she explained. Until she explained that it's perfect. It's uh. Let's see. I'm, I'm sorry. I was distracted by this link for a Toby Keith Christmas spectacular. Oh, who wouldn't be? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll find this. I'm gonna. I, this is this is a whole pile of Christmas songs here that I gotta that I gotta sort through. Jesus, you don't really realize how many Christmas songs there are. There are uh, until you're online trying to track down uh, uh, specific uh, one in particular. You don't even, I mean, I, you know, 500 album results I'm trying to uh, mm. trying to sort through here. So, Jesus. So just plunge on ahead and I'll play this whenever I find it. All right. Well, that
4: uh, British teacher jailed in Sudan for letting her students name a teddy bear, Mohammed, has arrived safely back in London, thank goodness. Julian Gibbons says, while the situation was unfortunate, she did enjoy her time in that, that third world country.
9: It has been an ordeal. But I'd like you to know that I was well-treated in prison, and everybody was very kind to me. I was very sorry to leave Sudan. I had a fabulous time there. I'm sure it's she was a really... a really
2: lovely place. I'm sure she was really bummed out to leave. Did she say this before she left? Didn't they, they want to boil her in oil or something? Oh, yeah. yeah it was because, because she of named... a teddy bear. Well, and somebody told me this. Now, I don't know if this like Look, I, I don't mean to be an ugly American who doesn't know anything about cultures that aren't my own. But so she named the teddy bear Mohammed. Yeah. Somebody told me, I think I heard Court and Fabway talking about this. It's not like they're necessarily a conduit to accurate reporting all the time. But somebody told me... Well, they're up there with us, if not better. That it wasn't even that she named the teddy bear after the the Prophet Mohammed. She named the teddy bear after a student in the class who was in turn named after the Prophet Mohammed. That's and, what I heard, too. So my question is, A... That ought to, or could have been Mohammed Ali? Ought, and also, so why is it... I ask this realizing that, I, I don't even know if I care about the answer to this or not. I don't understand why it's okay to name your child after Muhammad, mm-hmm. but not a teddy bear. It seems like if one is an iconic representation of the, then the other... Well, it says it in their good book. All right. You can't name teddy bears after
4: Muhammad. Hell, all right. So, uh, she never imagined things would turn out like this. I'm
9: just an ordinary middle-aged primary school teacher. <laughs> uh, I went out there to have a bit of an adventure. And got a bit
2: more of an adventure than I bargained for. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's stay home, don't help the poor. You know who hates children? Everyone. Well, but specifically in this case, Burl Ives. You know, people don't really know that. Burl Ives, just holly jolly Christmas, just detested children. Just hated them with everything. And that song, because I just was flicking through these Christmas records here, and there's one of them that's like an entire, it's an entire Burl Ives Christmas, like, collection. And, you know, there was just, he, he just loathed children uh, with a white-hot intensity. And so it is some sort of weird Greek punishment that he ends up having to sing Holly Jolly Christmas like a hundred times a year. Well, not anymore, but at some point. All right, uh, let's see. A Perry Como Christmas? No. The, the Many Moods of Christmas? No. Bing Crosby Christmas? No. Jesus, I will never find this again. This is what I get for not flagging this uh, this record at the time. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley.
4: Say, uh, Jewish people across America are celebrating the uh, Hanukkah. They're lighting up the first candle on their menorahs tonight as Hanukkah begins at showdown. So this is the first night of presents, which is great. Uh, Hanukkah is a popular holiday, even though it's actually a very minor holiday for Jews.
5: One of the reasons that Hanukkah is so popular is because it's celebrated at home, and so it's this beautiful opportunity
7: for families to get together and, and um, you know and celebrate together. And we get to do it every night for eight nights. Well,
2: Rabbi Annie. It's our, really? Yeah, I didn't know ladies could be rabbis. She sounds pretty hot. Maybe I'll put her up next to the. Uh, I'll put in my mental, uh, my mental hot religious chicks calendar next to Pastor Melissa Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, so today's the first day of Hanukkah? Yeah. Why did I think it was later in December? Perhaps because I'm not. Jewish. Oh, you're thinking of Kwanzaa? Yes. That's later in December. Yes, I am. Well, they, they all kind of overlap. Well, it, it's you know, it is kind of a, it is all kind of an Oreo hydrox sort of a thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Really, every. All right. Uh, so, do, uh, note to self: I gotta, uh, I gotta start rotating in our Christmas liners. Our Christmas imaging has to begin now uh, so as not to leave our Jewish friends out. So uh in fact, let's go into uh, the next break with this liner. It's not a bump, it's a I do believe it is just called a uh, Xmas. Thank goodness it's not Adam Sandler song. No. No, no, that's not going to be played ever. Yeah. <laughs> just just not because of not because of the Hanukkah song, but because it's Adam Sandler. We have a we have a band in all things Sandlerian here. And because I'm too busy playing this this album is called Kids Rapin—that's R-A-P apostrophe N—kids rapping uh, the Christmas hits. Let's see if I can get this to play. Let's, uh, let's see if um my karma is good enough that this will this will play without uh, without interruption. I do believe this is an entire album of children doing um hip hop versions of Christmas songs. I think "Come All Ye Faithful" is the lead track. Let's see if this will play. Uh, let's see—is my computer up? Alright, let me get my volume
11: turned on. It's
2: exactly the way Jesus would want it. Yeah. Oh, this is First of all, this, I don't know this is really rap in the strictest sense of the. Oh,
11: come,
2: man, it really isn't. This is really uniquely grating. <laughs> Maybe they'll do don't some Let us adore him and bring much peace on earth. and cherish all yeah. once
1: spread joy throughout the world and oh come let us adore him. Oh come let us adore yeah. him. Promise him our love and be
2: good to this one This is another It's, like, got all my favorite things. It's got bad rapping, terrible production, a children's choir, face scratching. Oh. (laughs) And they've never heard of a click track. Oh, this is really badly put together. You can hear the edits in it.
4: Oh, I heard one. It's like Scotty J
2: editing They're so
11: off
1: time. It's almost over.
2: We're going to take another way through now. There's a whole album of this. This sounds like the booby gun. What would you. <laughs> the booby doctor's great. The booby doctor wishes you a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays from the Booby Doctor. Um, okay, who wants to hear? Let's see, here's what we've got to choose from. From kids rapping the Christmas hits. We've got Deck the Halls, Jingle Bells, Up on the Rooftop, Joy to the World, Must Be Santa. I wonder if that's an original. Sleigh Ride, "Oh Christmas Tree, Winter Wonderland, or The Twelve Days of Christmas. I don't know if we can make it through The Twelve Days of Christmas. The <laughs> two... That'll be like a two-day What about Christmas. Joy to the World? Let's try Joy to the World. Old I would have that seen, sounds pretty simple. See how they rap that <laughs> that's song. That's a crowd pleaser. Uh, let's see here. All right. Here we go. This is uh, Joy to the World from kids rapping uh, Christmas uh, hits uh, right here on the Rick Emerson Radio. Program. Joy world. to the world. Joy to the
3: world. To oh, they're already the breaking the it down.
2: They're making it funky straight from the uh, straight from the get-go. Joy to the world. These are the least talented children I've ever heard. This is the broadest definition of rap. Well, I think the guy's going to come in, in any second now. Do you suppose this was like a regular Christmas record that they couldn't sell, and so they added the beat track underneath it and the guy? And they thought, just by putting the word rap in the title... No, I think we can put this to a panel of judges. I don't really know that this counts as either hop or hip.
5: Maybe hip.
2: I'll give it one more bar, or, you know, one more time through. If I don't hear some rapping, this is gone.
1: What? Do oh, Joy to the world and much happiness. May the season
5: bring to all much bliss. A time to be with the ones you love and celebrate the Lord above. Spread the joy <laughs> throughout the nations. Celebrate all of God's creation. This makes me want to kill myself. But once a year, but every day
1: we should spread God's cheer.
2: Okay, I'm done with that. Yeah. I'm. It's just not bad enough to be funny. It's just bad enough to be irritating. Well, I'm going to continue my search for the worst Christmas song. I mean, we've got that Oh Holy Night, but I'm trying to find this year's Oh Holy Night. All right, wonderful. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Hmm. How come a Charlie Brown Christmas is number numbered on the top ten albums on iTunes? You, why is it? Yeah, number nine. Well, because people are uh, people
2: are buying it, I would imagine. I would thought that would be long forgotten, like 40 years ago. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's, uh it, I, no, it's, that's a, that's a perennial, isn't it? My question is, what are the other songs on there? Like what? There's that you know, Christmas time, Christmas time. What else is there? that? and Linus doing that thing about. It. And there were shepherds abiding in the field. That thing. But I, what else is on there?
4: It doesn't say. So okay.
2: This I love. I love emails that just, just don't make any sense. That are just that are a- aggressive and like angry for no reason without explanation. This one just says, "Go home and get some money from your wife and buy a clue, dick." <laughs> that's all. That's all it says. It's kind of fantastic, sort of just like an unfocused kind of hatred. Uh let's see. Um...
4: Oh, here's something just in time for the holidays: a Catholic coloring book warning kids of pedophile priests. Are
2: you kidding me? No. Please tell me that it's a, like a fake item that that's no. Sort of like it's a...
4: true. New York's Roman Catholic Church is trying a novel approach
2: to oh. alert children to the
4: dangers <laughs> really, of being I assaulted believe, by priests. I think we have oh, a clergy wow. watch here. Yeah, right.
2: Here's your ad hoc clergy watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show. <laughs> Show ever.
1: I gotta
4: So this is a brand new coloring book. Tell me about the danger of being sexually assaulted by a priest. Put out by New York's Roman Catholic Church. It's called being friends, being safe, and being Catholic. Oh. <laughs> one image of the book features a guardian angel hovering over an altar boy with a priest lurking in the background.
2: <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's
4: what it says here. How can we get one of these things? Uh, let's see here. Uh, the scale of child abuse by priests remains hidden in the United States for years, until the Archdiocese of Boston confessed in 2001 to protecting a priest uh, let's see. According to the group, Bishop of Contability, some 3,000 priests out of 42,000.
2: Seriously, we need a press not. copy of this.
4: Okay, we're going to have oh, to contact. A photo? No, there isn't.
2: Uh, being friends, being safe, being Catholic. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. With a priest lurking in the background. That's excellent. All right, and How can we get those? I, I don't know. We have to contact them Like now. What diocese is that? New York. You're I'm in not really Casey, um,
3: church the one time a year I go.
2: Really? See if they have I any coloring ask. books. See if they I'll have that. If they ask have ask if they have any pedophile coloring books. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There's your clergy watch uh, ad hoc version on the uh, the Recumperous Radio program. Is that you playing that? Oh, wait. No, that was me. Somebody sent this to me and it just started playing. This is, uh, what is this? Somebody sent me, like, it's like an embedded uh, thing and it just uh, it just began playing off my computer. I'm not really sure what it is. Oh, and of course now it won't play again. I think people are now... Less than an hour. <laughs> Less than an hour, this embedded file will begin playing. I think people are trying to submit their own, it, like, it's the worst song ever. I think people are trying to top the, uh, trying to top the kids rapping uh, the Christmas hits. All right. Uh, well, I'm just going to close this since it doesn't look like it's going to be playing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at the Ministry of Truth, we now, we'll now just roll uh, through with this. It's, oh, wait. Tim Riley. I wanted more. Really? I want to hear more. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Sorry. How about Hava Nagila? They sent me a whole series of these. Here is a medley. This is What Child Is This? Slash Hava. I hate this country.
3: (laughs) Or do you mean you love it?
2: It's kind of pitiful.
10: How are they going to mix the
2: two? I don't really know. May, it may stall a time or two. I uh, I think there's apparently a flood of people trying to listen to the jingle of cats. But they're making you wait for the cats this time. You don't uh, you don't get them straight away.
3: is it a, a promise? There's a, a
2: build up here. Just feeling the the feline anticipation.
3: Somebody just sent me a page from the um, coloring book.
2: Really? Oh, and I also have something here from the Archdiocese of New York. All oh, that thought. I don't believe there are any cats in this recording.
10: I was promised cats.
4: Are these actual cats?
2: I think they're cats that are being assaulted in some sort of unholy fashion. I think
3: they're being squeezed. <laughs>
2: is disturbing in a weird way. You suppose if you were stoned, this would be hilarious? You're finding it hilarious now. Sarah's actually laughing at this. You love the jingle cats.
3: It's so creepy.
2: suppose it's a little bit of social commentary that the what child is this and the Havana Gila are two different types of animals?
3: Tim, do you find this funny? <laughs>
2: Tim just did the best dismissive wave of his hand.
3: I thought Tim and I were on the same side. Never mind.
2: I could punish people with this. This is a, a whole
4: medley right This now. is an unholy you think
2: tool. Guantanamo Bay. Are you ready to be Are you ready to be waterboarded now?
1: I will tell you everything
2: It's almost over. Now I have to let it go. I just see I see a bunch of dogs doing that little Russian dance. Yeah, I can see. Where they're that. sort of squatting on the floor and going, hey! The whole time when they were doing the Hava and the Gila thing at the end. I totally saw a bunch of cat or dogs with fezzers doing the mamushka, you know? The mamushka from uh, the the Adams family.
3: Those cats did sound like they were being tortured.
2: Those are some talented
4: cats. Here's Tim Riley. So according to the New York Archdiocese, your whole body is private and belongs to you. Some parts of your body are extra special and they are off limits to touching unless there's a good reason. To keep you clean, healthy, and safe. These are the parts of your body that should be covered even when you go swimming.
2: Depends on what you call cleaning, I suppose.
4: It's okay for the doctor to check you when you visit for a checkup or because you're sick. All these things are meant to keep you clean, healthy, and safe. But there's one easier way to remember. It's called the bathing suit rule. No one should touch you on that part of the body that is covered by your bathing suit. If somebody tries to touch you in those places, say, Stop, I don't like that, in a very loud voice. Get out of my confessional.
2: I'm sorry, it's too easy. That's from the New York... All all right. nice. Do you have a page from no, this uh, coloring book? No, he
3: said that he sent it to me. It's like a sample page, and then there was nothing there.
2: Here's another reason not to have children. This email says, I have a seven-year-old daughter, and she takes out the singing cats every effing year. I have to hear the entire album over and over again. Oh, all right. Every year? Every year, apparently. Here's a list of the songs that the singing cats can do for you, by the way. Silent Night, the Jingle Cats medley, Up on the Housetop, uh, what child is this? Hava Gila. Carol of the Bells. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Deck the halls. Oh Christmas tree. Angels we have heard on high. Sarah's eyes really lit up at Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Maybe I'll play that one into the. very seasonal. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley you're at the. Think uh, not, I
11: think.
2: Here's uh. Well, let's do this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> Mike. My We're cat all
2: loopy. Th- Can I tell you this? The assembled people in this room today are going on about nine hours of sleep. and That's like the three of us combined.
0: I didn't get any damn sleep last night.
2: Well then you'll then, then maybe this will be maybe this is all funny to you too, then.
0: Well, it will be funny at some point, but my cat was asleep on the back of the chair and I had this stuff stacked up very neatly on my work
12: table here. As soon as you started playing that effing cat singing music. Yes little bastard jumped down on the table, wiped out two piles of work that I've had
0: stacked up, knocked the radio off on the floor, and then went tearing out of the room.
2: I'm glad we can help.
0: Uh, best show ever. <laughs> thank you, sir. Yeah, you All suck. Right.
2: All right, thank you. Turn it up. All right, there you go. That's, uh, that's that guy. Beep. This song's kind of creepy. It always has (laughs) been really creepy to me, actually. This and Carol of the Bells. They all kind of sound like In the Hall of the Mountain King. You know, this guy made this record in like a day, with one cat and a keyboard, and he's made five billion dollars on it. You know that every crazy cat woman on Earth has purchased this. Legitimately, and they haven't gotten it on the Internet. Every crazy cat woman has purchased multiple copies of this for her knitting circle. She's taken it to her Stitch and Bitch Club. You know, I resent the way the. Okay, they make you wait for the cats all this time. It's telling, by the way, that they don't market it as jingle cats and dogs. That really the cats are the only thing they use on the front cover. The dog sounds kind of evil. That's the owner in the background who's being smothered.
11: I can't tell if this is
2: hilarious or terrible. Okay. Here's Tim Riley of the Ministry of Truth. I'm sorry, Tim. I one have one no... of these.
4: This is a safe environment poster from the Archdiocese. Oh, <laughs>
2: please. Please print that out. This is a stained glass window showing uh, Jesus protecting children, probably for, apparently, from molesters of some kind. That's wonderful. All right. I think we've driven everybody away today. I kind of get the sense that everybody out there is just. No, we're trying to make people feel good
4: about you know all the uh, things that are going on outside. I suppose.
2: Uh, Let's see. Um, Susan Reynolds emails in about Hanukkah. She says, "Hey, here's the thing about Hanukkah. And and can can I be dumb for a second? Why is it spelled with a ch in some places? Are those two different things?" Hanukkah and, with, and then Hanukkah with the ch? No, same thing. It's just—is it because it's a translation into English and therefore it's an inexact thing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, You're bluffing. I don't know very much about the Hanukkah religion. That is true. <laughs> about you, Hanukans? <laughs> Tell me, as a Hanukin, Uh well, resident Hanukkah, uh, Susan Reynolds says, "Here is the thing about Hanukkah: the Jews have their own calendar. Not sure what year it is. Uh, something like fifty-seven, fifty-eight. So they're already way in the future." They're already past, they're even past Zager and Evans. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Anyway, so it doesn't really match up to our calendar, and therefore the Jewish holidays tend not to fall on the same date every year. We are a complex people, she says. Uh, And then she adds parenthetically, I say we, but I really mean my parents. Anyway, Hanukkah uh, starts tonight at sundown and lasts for eight days.
3: My sister's going to a Hanukkah party tonight.
2: Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So So can they get more than one present? No, it's eight days. How sad that all my knowledge about Hanukkah comes from Adam Sandler. Isn't How many it? If it's, a, it's a gift certificate. Isn't it eight days of? Isn't it eight days of something or other? Do you do eight days of presents? We're so we're so dumb. It's not my fault. I'm Catholic. I I really honestly should know more about things than I do. Uh, so is it like an eight days of celebration or really honestly is it actually eight days of of gifts? Eight days of gifts. Because that would be badass. If it wasn't, they canceled a long time ago. <laughs> really, it's just too much work if you're not getting something nice. every day. <laughs> Really, honestly. I put all this work, I want a little... Let me wet my beak. Uh, so, well, I don't know. Well, you know, somebody will tell us. Uh, Susan's got real work to do. We can't be pestering her with every every Jewish question we have about everything. Uh, all right. God, it's so tempting to go and just play this Jingle Cat thing over and over again. All the, song, the album is called Meowy Christmas, <laughs> of course. God, people are stupid. And by people, I mean us, by the way. And by stupid, I mean especially today. All right. Well, I don't think anything's going to stop that. I'm right. downloading the coloring book. Where did you get it? I found it on the Archdiocese website. Okay, we do oh, have a, a color. Only have one. We have a color printer somewhere in the building too, so if there's like a cover, we can put it on the door of the studio to let people know that this is a clergy molestation-free environment here. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, at the Download. Ministry of Truth. Well, what's Brad Pitt up to, you ask? He
4: continues to be proactive in helping the people of New Orleans recover from the devastation. He and his wife, actress, oh, they're not really married, and actress Angelina Jolie, who share a part-time home in the city, We're in town to launch Make It Right, a project geared to building 150 eco-friendly homes in the heavily damaged Lower Ninth Ward that everyone's forgotten about.
13: But there is no reason why we can't do 1,000 homes, why we can't do 10,000 homes, why we can't do 100,000 homes. It is, it, This thing will go as far as the support and uh, that is given.
2: That's Brad Pitt. Well, so this is, and this is in the Lower Ninth Ward? Yeah, they forgot all about that time. Remember New Orleans? Remember how we were going to rebuild? Remember that one yeah. time that we were going to rebuild New Orleans? Mm-hmm. All right. They uh, just repaint the help signs. No, it's just, Well, you know what? Well, you were there actually not too long ago, and you yep. said that it was like still whole sections where they, it's just like deserted.
3: Oh, it was absolutely abandoned. And they still had, I mean, I think a lot of the houses, when I was talking to people who lived there, they said that a lot of, you know, the lower income families would leave the numbers and stuff still on their door as a point of pride. But you drive through these sections of town and they. Wouldn't have roofs. They would still have all the numbers or the markings on the doors saying whether or not there were um, bodies in the house or not. Jesus, very unnerving. That's really unnerving.
2: Well, you know, and and then uh, you know, and that, that hurricane is one of those things. With, like about every seven years in this country, something bad happens that we then square is going to change us fundamentally as a people. And we always say that well, you know, after this, we, you know, blah blah blah, we'll never be the same again, or we'll have to take a good long look at you know the lasting lesson of blah blah blah. There are no lasting lessons. Uh, something bad happens, uh, and then Britney Spears shows her vagina to somebody, and we, we forget all about it. That really is Britney Spears' genitals, which the Catholic Church says ought to be covered, except when she's being cleaned. Um, which, you know, uh, Britney Spears' swimsuit area really is the great misdirection of our time. It really is the, uh, it is the great diversionary tactic of the modern media. The Archdiocese
4: will not let me download this coloring book. Well, should I have to call and order a copy?
2: Yes. Uh, Well, we should call them and ask them about it. We should have them come on and speak at length. Uh, Okay, but before we do anything else here, let me, um, let's now welcome. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, (laughs) Susan Reynolds. Oh, what an intro. This is going to be your theme for the rest of the year.
7: The combination of this and the Britney Spears stuff. Yeah, that's what I do.
2: Uh, are you calling me to correct my hideous Gentile lack of knowledge about things? Yes,
7: All yes, right. I am. Um, right. Well, here's the thing about Hanukkah: when you have um, kids and they know that there's a, uh, a holiday that's eight days long, and they're supposed to get a present for eight days, believe me, they do not let you forget.
2: So it is a thing where each day there is a gift as well.
7: Yeah, now, I mean, I guess. Is that you now
2: is that uh, sort of canonical? In other words, is that like a uh, like is that part uh, like an, an ingrained part of the holiday, or is that just sort of a traditional thing that is just sort of uh is that like a a societal thing that we you know that you sort of decided
7: well who knows i mean i haven't been alive you know for 57 58 years you know uh however i know that as a child growing up it was always like you got a present every day until you got a little older like when you got to be a teenager they'd get you kind of one big thing and say here Call it good. <laughs> Excellent. Alright. Uh, but the eight days, uh, had to do with, I don't know, some, uh, oil that was found in a lamp, and supposedly the, the oil was only supposed to last for one day. It lasted for eight. And okay. there is your significance of the, uh, eight days.
2: Fantastic. See, you know, I'm a little smarter than I was just a few minutes ago.
7: You are. And as for the CH and the H, uh, I don't know. I prefer the H somehow. Uh, but, uh, you know, my mom, when she says it, it's always with the, the, well, phlegm. That, the phlegm. If you're not, if you're not phlegming up, you're not really saying it correctly. Excellent. Fantastic.
2: In exchange, I feel like we ought to give uh, you, then, a copy of this clergy molestation handbook uh, so that you can avoid the improper touch of priests, you know.
7: <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure I will put that in good use somehow. I'm sorry.
2: That's really the only thing our faith has to offer in this room, really, is something about how to not let the priest like Roger you in a back room so
7: fan That is why I have shunned all religion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent. Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru. Thank you, Susan. Yes. Excellent. There you go. Fantastic. All right. Eight days. That's pretty great. You know, here's the thing I've said, and I've said this repeatedly. uh, So does that
4: mean you have to go to work?
2: Oh, we didn't ask that question. Oh, damn it. Uh, Well, we'll talk to her tomorrow. We should do eight days of questions. Eight days of Hanukkah questions. Okay. Making a note to myself. Eight days of Hanukkah questions. Um, Well, you know, I've said this repeatedly. Someday when I am president, the platform I will run on, when I run for the presidency, I'm going to have one issue it's going to be one plank and it's going to be this christmas is going to become 3 days it's christmas ought to be a 3 day holiday i've said this forever because you know because it is, it is now you have the big build up and then you have christmas eve where you kind of get something and then christmas and christmas itself is sometimes so hectic and just so chaotic because mm-hmm. you get your family and the presents and your you have five different parties you're supposed to be at and you maybe you're going to a church service of some kind or maybe you're going to the caroling or you're drunk or you whatever And then it's over, and then you wake up, and and, and, you know what, I think I speak for everybody when every year, like the day after Christmas, don't you just have that big Christmas letdown? And the big Christmas letdown for me always starts on Christmas night. Like Christmas 10, 11 o'clock at night, I already, I start to get preemptively sort of sad that Christmas is going to be over, because I'm a big fan of Christmas. I'm unashamed about this. I'm a big Christmas fan. Um, And then there are people who are like, I don't like the holidays, you're stupid. Whatever, that's your problem. I love Christmas. It's a great holiday. I think it ought to be longer. So when I am president, you will have Christmas Eve, and Christmas Eve uh, will be on, let's see, uh, the 22nd. And then Christmas itself will be 23rd, 24th, and the 25th. Three days of Christmas. That gives you a day to really get into it, and then a day to be in the full swing, and then a day to sort of transition out of it, and then bam, then it's over. Uh, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Matt.
12: I was your... Uh, I was... um. I want to tell you about a both terrifying and hilarious safety video I saw not too long ago.
2: Fantastic. doesn't involve grease in any way. So uh, that ship not, has sort of
0: sailed. Not grease, but forklifts.
2: Okay, wait. Now, is this the one about a guy driving a forklift and some stuff falls on him?
12: Uh, it's in German.
2: Okay. So, well, they're, help? they're always the most warped. Uh, oh, yes. I think my friend Siegfried told me about this video, but I haven't seen it. What happens?
0: Oh, oh you must see it. It is absolutely fantastic.
2: Okay, but really, but you have to, like, where can I see it? Yeah. You have to. Go to you the can't YouTube, just tease us to, that way.
1: Go to
0: the YouTubes uh-huh. and type in German forklift video.
11: <laughs>
2: oh. Can I just tell you, the number of conversations we have with people in which they say, all right, what you want to do is you want to go to YouTube and then type in, and then like some insane combination of words that you don't really picture them. Ew,
3: and I just love German forklift video. Very graphic and gory. Oh, wonderful.
4: Oh, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Now, is this,
2: now, is this, this isn't like a gag? This isn't a fake video. No, is this no, no. real? No, it's an
0: actual, it's an actual German, I guess, training video for forklift. Oh,
2: here we go. Very graphic. Contains gore. Oh, Wonderful. yeah. Beautiful. All right, I'm all of, over... let's see. Oh, I have to confirm my birthday to even watch it. I like what we're seeing. All right, thank you, my friend. No problem. There you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show, sir, madam, is the case may be. Hello.
12: Rick? Yeah. It's Uncle Steve. Hello, sir. Let me tell you why Hanukkah is perfect. Because let's say you're a husband who forgets important dates, I such as myself. Not you, uh, myself. Yeah.
11: Uh-huh.
12: Okay, first night of Hanukkah, you don't give anything. Second night of Hanukkah, you don't give anything. Third night, you see where I'm going? Is I this? Are you Hanukkah. saying in
2: theory, or are you saying for you?
12: I'm saying it's, it's happened in the past.
2: You can make it, but you're saying for you, you have seven chances to make it right.
12: Exactly. And if you pull together on the eighth day and come up with the perfect gift... You're still a
2: hero. Fantastic, and really, if you really wanted to have your act together, you could actually give. You would have seven days to buy. Uh, Like uh, theoretically, on the seventh day, you could actually go out and obtain the eight gifts and pretend that you were just sort of saving it for one big blowout at the end.
12: You could order it on the internet on the first day; it'll be delivered by the eighth day. How's that?
2: That is a great marketing campaign. Somebody needs to seize on that right now. That's money in the bank, my friend.
12: With Christmas, you know. You got one drop dead date, and if it falls on a Sunday, you're screwed. Oh, I right? know it's true. You know, with Hanukkah every year, you got a different shot. Okay, at it.
2: and here's the other thing. Can I just say this? Here's the other advantage. I, I, let me just say, I really do believe that Hanukkah is the better holiday. I've come to this conclusion over the course of just the last ten minutes or so. Because here's another thing. You know, here's the thing. Jewish children never have to worry about this: their birthday and the holiday falling on exactly the same day. Uh, you know, you get like the, 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 the number. Everybody went to school with at least one kid whose birthday was December 25th, and that guy got a screw-in like nobody's business. Because your parents don't ever buy you double the number of gifts. So, I mean, really, unless you have octuplets and you're putting them out one by one, that's a thing you don't ever have to worry about. Uh, You're always going to have seven days that are not your birthday, even if you are born in December.
12: Exactly. And tonight we're going to celebrate Hanukkah. We're going to eat potato pancakes, wadkas. And fried bread with jelly inside, so jelly donuts.
2: Really? See, Come
12: on, a religion where you gotta eat jelly donuts.
2: A religion where you have to eat anything fried is just fantastic. I mean, that really is the faith for me. Excellent, wonderful. Well, happy Hanukkah, my friend, from all of us at our family to all of uh, all of uh, your family. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. There you go, Uncle Steve. There you go. How does that thing go? What is it? Fred my ears to do? From all of us at our family to all of us at your. See, I keep saying all of us. All again. of you at yours. Whatever. Do you remember that Merry Christmas from Payless Jingle? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick's Benjamin. Good to talk to you. Hello, sir. By the way, I'm going to read this email. This guy says, When you started playing the kitty version of Havan the Gila, my cat uh, got up and left the room growling. I believe I may own an anti Semitic cat. I have to look into this. All right. <laughs> Hello, sir. How can I help you?
8: Hey, well, uh, yeah, you were talking about uh, the feeling the day after Christmas, the letdown, that kind of a thing, Yeah. I- you know, I thought I invented this term, and, of course, I do a Google search just moments ago, and it's all over the Internet, but I wanted to introduce into the lexicon or the public consciousness the term post-vacation depression, and I've always uh, uh, described it as the feeling you get driving back from Disneyland. Oh, right, yeah, no, it all sucks. Over.
2: Oh, no, and, like, the last – here's the other thing that sucks. Here's – since we're just going to bring the whole room down, here's another thing that sucks. Uh, oh, on your last day of vacation, but when – uh, you're not leaving or checking out or you know driving away until like three in the afternoon, and so you get, you know, like an awkward six hours during which you can't really do anything cool, can't really go on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, can't really do anything, can't really you know go anywhere, can't go scuba diving, can't go skydiving, whatever it is you want to do, but then he doesn't want to sit in the hotel like a like a tard, and so you just so you have like six hours of like well. You you want to, to play I have to
8: Order everything on the uh, on the menu. And that's and, really all it is. You just yeah. you know
2: you just go there and you, you go and you shovel waffles into your head somewhere. That's about <laughs> exactly. it.
8: Exactly. Yeah. Well, if anyone's uh, interested in looking this up, there's a Wikipedia entry under post travel depression. Fantastic. And you can also look up uh, post vacation depression disorder. And uh, if you're gone for like three or four days, it can take. Um, you know, one and a half times as 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 many days to be back to normal. So it could take up to a week to just start feeling
2: well, that's back great. to I'm even feel. Looking forward to it already. Wonderful, Rick. Maybe CNN's Steve Castamom can hook you up with a coloring book. I strongly suspect that Steve Castamom is not the person to hook us up with a Catholic like anything, but call it a hunch. <laughs> uh, all right, we gotta take a break. Come on. Jesus! It's one twenty-five. Where does the time go? You know. All right. This is like the time flying last night when I was trying to freaking sleep. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, more of Tim Riley. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, what else? Top five songs I loathe playing as a DJ coming up later on. Taser Watch, James Roop, and uh, I Am Legend tickets. You stay there's the Rick Emerson radio program.
1: With Christmas upon us, it's time to be honest. Also, my dreams as a face. A life of delusion and gender confusion That no longer will be the same I never wanted only men or at pitfalls I only wanted pantyhose and Barbie
11: dolls And dressing up in mother's clothing My whole life
1: I've been feeling only feminine. It always seems no use to try to be a man Now that's a ghost of...
2: there were other lyrics to this song. Really? Right, this part here? This is one of those songs that I always, I know the chord. Oh, i sorry. This is so great. It is a little bit of an inside joke, too, because for Twisted Sister fans, uh, if you don't already know this, because We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister is flat out stolen from O Come All Ye Faithful. So it's kind of great that he's sort of giving it back, as it were. This is uh, courtesy of Dave Zinn, the gatekeeper. From the album, A Twisted Christmas. 503-733-2970 at the Ministry of Rock. This is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
4: So I just heard from the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and uh, they're here to help us. Really? They sent along some PSAs. They find you a job? they have jobs? (laughs) No. So anyway, the Center for Disease Control uh, sends these around the stations. We have our threat. uh, Let's see here. We have our choice of bioterrorism, chemical emergencies, mass casualties, radiation emergencies, recent outbreaks, mental health, and because we've experienced some kind of flooding, they send along these flooding PSAs. Fantastic. Chris, and this is about staying safe around dogs after a disaster. So let's listen. A lady does it, too.
6: This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Dogs can be scared and stressed after a natural disaster and may be more likely to bite or to scratch. Eat you. Do not approach an unfamiliar dog and remain motionless if one approaches you. Avoid direct eye contact and never disturb a dog that is sleeping, <laughs> eating, or caring for puppies. Really? These are the
2: same rules for dealing Children's with Tim, actually. play
6: with dogs without the owner's permission and adult supervision. To learn more, call CDC at 800-CDC-INFO.
2: Excellent. You said there's one about radiological poisoning.
4: Uh, let me look here. This is after a storm, the hurricane. This is one of those storms, days, Cleanups.
2: We are all so exhausted and out of it today that I can't. My gauge for what is funny today is completely like not even functional. So let's uh, hope this keeping is all... children safe. Let's hope this is all. What to do it if
4: your sense. appliances are wet after a disaster?
2: Put <laughs> them in and use them now. You want yes, to hear it? Let's hear that.
4: Do You want a male or a female to do this? Uh, male. Okay, male it is.
2: What to do if your appliances are wet?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: This is an important message from
4: the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Home fires are a threat after a natural disaster. Fire trucks may have trouble getting to your home. If your home was flooded, look for signs that your appliances have gotten wet and throw them away to protect from shock. <laughs> <Like> a
11: refrigerator. <laughs>
2: have a professional evaluate your home and replace all gas control valves, circuit breakers, and fuses that have gotten wet during a flood. To learn more,
4: call CDC at 800 CDC INFO.
2: Throw away your appliances, really? Yeah, throw them all away. I don't think so. That's not going to happen. I got like a. I don't even know how much a new refrigerator costs. How much does a new refrigerator cost? Like the dual, like the, the two doors on it. Oh, a new one? Yeah. Like I mean, if I went to go to Fry's or wherever and just, you know, someplace Sears. Just buy, like, a two-door fridge. Uh thousand dollars? The little things,
3: like, you look at the kids, like, it, it could be two or it could be seven, totally. you know? Totally. It occurs no to me idea. now that
2: I am completely a rain man on things like that because I have never purchased a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, what is the, the, largest, the, the largest appliance I have ever purchased? The largest appliance I have ever purchased is, in fact, a microwave. I bought a microwave and a toaster of it. I don't think I've ever bought another appliance. I bought a George Foreman grill. That doesn't really count, though. I think the only appliances I have ever purchased are tiny little cooking devices. I don't think I've ever bought anything larger than that. So therefore, I have uh, I have no idea, none, zero. All right. Oh, I never did watch this German forklift video, but this guy claims that it's the funniest thing he's ever seen. So I'm going to watch just a little bit of it. It's a German man
9: firing up <laughs>
2: firing up a forklift in a warehouse. He's wearing a hard hat. A guy behind him. Klaus.
11: Und
2: it's funny how the voice of impending doom is the same in every language though. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot like Klaus thinks he is in for a fine day at the warehouse and he does not know that he is about to cut off his friend's head. Uh so so Klaus is at the uh at the steering wheel. He doesn't look very bright. He's at the steering wheel of this forklift and his friend this is all gonna end so badly. His friend has bent over as though he's picking up a contact lens on the ground behind Klaus's forklift. Let's see what happens now. Well, Klaus, I'll just bend down behind the forklift. Klaus is slumping forward and leaning, like resting his arm. He's fatigued, apparently. He is resting his arm on the forklift driving controls. He's a gum-chewer. Yeah,
12: and
2: so... Good. Okay, so the... Uh, <laughs> The friend just got his hands chopped off by the forklift. So I think Klaus just actually... Klaus just turned the key in the forklift, and the friend just... Uh, yeah, the friend just has... It's just a whole bunch of stubs there.
4: Okay. They're well, that, used to uh, suffering anyway. That, <laughs> they're suffering people. Uh, All right. I have more Catholic comics. Uh, really?
2: Is that comics with an X? A K and an X? Um. All right, so...
4: For safety's sake,
2: this is a guardian angel looking down on, what, is it a child?
4: I don't know what he's doing here. Is, his hands are under the covers or something?
2: All right, so we're Does looking at this Catholic coloring book, and it is it shows, oh, I think he's in the sacristy. So this is a child who's in the sacristy, which is a sort of like backstage area at a Catholic church, mm. and the guardian angel looking down says... For safety's sake, a child and adult shouldn't be alone in a closed room together. If a child and an adult happen to be alone, someone should know where they are, and the door should be open or have a big window in it. Remember, it is always safer with a group of people you know, but if you are alone with an adult, make sure others know where to find you. You know, it's so telling. This is how out of touch the Catholic Church is, that they have no... That this is their solution, is to put out what must be called a really creepy comic book Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. about, like...
3: That angel is just freaky looking. Well, and it's
2: and the angel—they made the angel a kind of hot looking too, which is sort of uh, sort of unnerving to me. Um, But they must—I mean, imagine being a a child of Catholic extraction, and then they give you a a molestation coloring book to play with. You know, that's a great stocking stopper. You know, stopper. Um, you know, you know, I'm sorry, Daddy's going to be in the sacristy counting, you know, counting the tithing. Why don't you fill out this molestation coloring book, and I'll come pick you up here in just a while.
3: I found this PSA. Oh um, God. That's one about how kids shouldn't pick things up off the ground.
2: Is this a real PSA? It is. Okay, because I'm I'm looking at some of the other submissions we're getting, and we're getting a lot of like wacky sketch comedy that pretends to be a PSA. All right.
6: Why do you think your mommy or daddy are always telling you don't put that in your mouth?
2: Let's ah. find out.
5: Don't you put it in your mouth, don't you put it in your mouth? Don't stuff it in your face, though it might look good to eat, though it might look good to eat, and it might look good to taste, and it might look good to taste. You could get sick. Real quick. (laughs)
11: Real
5: sick. Real quick. Don't you put it in your mouth? Uh Uh-uh. Till you ask someone you love, that's right, sis. If it's okay to eat, if it's okay to eat, like a muffin or a beach, like a muffin or beach, if you don't know just what it is. Remember, boys and girls, don't.
1: Always
6: ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth. (laughs) A message from concerned children's advertisers.
2: Wait, I'm so confused. Is this another Catholic PSA? It
6: might as well be. It's from
2: the 80s.
6: Always ask. Why do you think your mommy or daddy are always telling you, don't put that in your mouth? Let's find out. Don't
5: you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you stop it in your face. Don't stop it in your face. So it might look good to eat So it might look good to eat And it might look good to taste And it might look good to taste You could get sick Ick. Real quick What are the
2: accompanying Ick. images to this?
5: Real
11: sick Real Ick, Ick.
5: Creepy Don't puppets put it in your mouth Uh-uh Till you ask the one you love That's right, sis If it's okay to eat If it's okay to eat like a muffin or a beach. If you don't know just what it is. remember, boys and
1: girls.
2: Don't this is the best part. This, this tag on here, at the end.
6: Always ask someone you love before you put
2: anything in your mouth. Can we ask Lacey Turner? Can we ask Lacey Turner to put this in the totally gonna do that? She's in Costa Rica, but I am making a note of that right now. <laughs> Please remember I'll to ask it. someone you love before putting anything in your mouth. <laughs> True words were never spoken, Costa Rica, unless they'd like to be woken up that way. Mm. All right, Uh Jesus. All right, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, I thought you were. I thought you were imitating with the voice of one of the characters just now for a second.
7: Uh, No. Hello. Um, no, just let's let you know, uh, Daria and Mitch do use that song quite
2: a bit. Do You don't put it in your mouth?
7: Yeah, like
2: yeah. all the time. Oh, no, it's Damn on the, it. Well, you know, fair enough. It's a, where is it on YouTube? Yeah, I was just looking at PSAs
3: and I stumbled across all that right. One. Well, so there
2: you go. So, you know, everything old is new again. So we will, it's uh, thought you guys should know. Well, that's okay. All right, I don't feel bad about it. That's fine. All okay, right, have thank a, you. Have a day. Bye, Hal. You know what? I don't, mm-hmm. doing something that Daria also does doesn't bother me all that much. So, you know what I mean? She <laughs> is a radio pro. No, I'm just saying. There's worse people to be compared to. Next I'm gonna start wearing a cat suit. Hmm? No, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Were you gonna add something to that, Sarah? You look like you were waiting for me to say something else. Perhaps with you know, like a comma. Next I'm gonna start wearing a cat suit and you can just fill it in your head. I didn't say anything. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey Rick, this is Matt. Hello.
8: I'm uh, having a hard time hearing you. Hello, there
2: you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. I'll just do the I'll do the rest of the call this way. How can I help you today?
12: Well, uh no, I just uh, I just got done eating lunch at the Highland Steelhouse out in Oregon City.
1: That's wonderful.
2: Thank you for coming to share the mundane details of your life,
8: Matt. Oh no, 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 no.
12: okay, so the owner, Mick was talking about uh owner. I barely knew her. Uh, <laughs> he has this poster. He was about being in Scotland, and he has got this poster. There's a sport in England and Scotland called hurling, which is uh, basically hitting a ball with a stick. Anyway, so uh, Guinness uh, sponsored one of these things. So the poster read The Guinness Hurling Championships. That's hilarious!
2: <laughs> that really is pretty hilarious. <laughs>
12: I I thought it was pretty good. And he's like, "Well, I got to make copies of it so I can put it up." So, hopefully I can get a copy of this and just thought that was the funniest thing.
2: I'd like to leave you. Also, I'd like to leave you with this thought not to put anything in your mouth, uh, you, you know, ask someone you love before putting I anything gonna in. I was going to
8: say, mouth. "I'll ask somebody I love before I do
2: that." Right. Yes. Thank you. Uh-uh, bye-bye. Bye! All right. one <laughs> of those days. All right. Well, okay. So, uh, anyway, our inadvertent, uh, our apologies to Daring and Mitch for our inadvertent theft, but we're going to keep playing it, and everybody's just going to have to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Rick, last week I saw this prosperous looking guy on the Max. Boy, I spot what's wrong with this sentence. <laughs> it's like a highlights puzzle. What doesn't belong here? Uh, holding his two year old who was eating a cookie. Oh, shields yourself for this one, Tim. She dropped it on the floor of the Max. Ew. The guy picked it up, looked at it for a second and handed it back to the girl who proceeded to jam it in her mouth and start gumming it. That's wonderful. (laughs) Gumming it really is the sentence. that That's what makes that work. That's the money phrase there. All right. Uh, Hello. Uh, Hello. Hi, Rick Emerson. Hey, Rick.
8: Yesterday you were talking about um, a plate glass window. Sure. Uh, Somebody somebody crashing through it. uh, (laughs) One of those PSAs.
2: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It was a woman falling into a glass display case. Yeah.
8: Oh, well, about 30, I don't know, 1979-ish. Uh, a friend of mine went to this uh Urban Noise Club, which is a now defunct um punk rock club over in uh Southeast. Uh-huh. And we had taken some medicine that starts with an L and with a D. Anyway, after the show, my friend uh started bopping into all these uh stores. We were walking down Union Avenue uh, and he's I'm a, I'm a punk rocker, I'm a punk rocker. Well the Sparks vacuum cleaner on Grand, I think, I think it was Grand, had a giant plate glass Window,
11: uh huh,
8: and he he bopped—I don't know what to call it—pogo. He pogoed he right into that thing, but he he kind of fell into it backwards and ended up on like this display thing and this big shard of glass. And he ended up kind of facing me, but with the legs kind of <laughs> start apart.
2: Tim is just taking his headphones off. And Tim is just sort of—I don't need to hear this. So he ended up facing you with this big shard of glass. Went where?
8: Well, it. it he, he kind of fell backwards into the window,
2: Uh-huh.
8: and you know, giant display window, and he ended up on like on this box where you display vacuum cleaners, like you know, right in the window.
11: Right.
1: And
8: his but his legs were spread, in this giant shard of glass. I could I watched it in slow motion. It was like that like no you're not thing where everything's like in slow motion. And this work on the street... Okay, but
2: where did the shard of glass go?
8: It, it went right between, well, right between his legs. Oh, oh okay. it stuck right, right into
2: the, uh, the wood.
8: Into, and the, I mean, it was so into the business. All right. All it right. Was, but it, it could have been awful, you yeah. know.
2: Yeah. Yes, could have been. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that glass shard story. Good God. Uh, who wants to do the top five? Just to sort of Are cleanse you? the palate. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's your top Bye. five.
1: Oh.
13: One, fire. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting is the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. Right. I
2: love to count. Don't you? Don't you? Uh, yeah, okay. So here's that... Tim Riley with today's top five. These are on mp so There'll be a little bit of a lag between each cut, but go ahead. i speak a... slowly. Thank you.
4: And for no readily apparent reason, we now examine the subject of DJ fatigue and the unrelenting hell of hearing the same music over and over and over again. These are the top five songs that Rick Everton absolutely hidden playing as a musical DJ. With honorable mention going to Steely Dan and Do It Again. This is only
2: this is only honorable mention because having listened to this this morning while ranking these, I realize that I don't hate this song as much as I did. I do well. It's just that there's so much else on this list that's just worse. I mean there's and there's so many things I've heard since this song came out that I loathe like way more. Don't get me wrong. If I had the chance to go back and abort these guys, I would totally do that. Do that in a heartbeat. I'm just saying, relatively speaking, on this list, it's not like the worst thing ever. It is tedious excruciating to listen to, but in a really sort of uninteresting, mellow kind of way. Here's the thing about Steely Dan, too, and if you work in radio you, you, long enough, you learn that every radio engineer loves Steely Dan. And... Have we asked Matt if he loves Steely Dan? Uh, you know, I'm guessing he might, actually. He does look the type... Radio engineers always use Steely Dan to test the studio equipment. They'll build a studio, they'll put in the monitors, the microphones and everything, and then once everything is in place and they need to test the, the speakers, every engineer I've ever known has used Steely Dan to test the studio monitors. It's not that it's like bad, it's just so unbelievably bland. Miss and Ricky don't lose that number. and Peg... Just, it's like the same three songs, and they, this was always on a classic rock station, as though there's anything even vaguely rocking about this. You know what this is like? This is like if you tried to make the whitest possible version of a Santana song. Like if you wanted to take Black Magic Woman and just leave it in Clorox for a week or two. Can we get Black Magic Woman but without anything, you know, even vaguely interesting about it? All right, there you go, that's that. Yeah, done.
4: I think we've done this before.
2: Uh, maybe. But, you know, it's all because a lead I was th-
4: trying to come up with my list, and I noticed that you stole some of mine. Really?
2: Maybe. So now I have to start all over no, no, again. No, no, I no. Mean, you, you can duplicate or You can do your own, you know. Mm. You should do yours for tomorrow.
4: I mean, I have a hatred of anything Steely Dan. Right?
2: Yeah, no, Steely Dan sucks.
3: I worked on one music station. I could do my top five that I didn't like. You should, there actually. You know. That
2: would be kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Top five. Oh, at, I remember You worked that. on one music station for like three months. No, I worked there for eight months. Give me one of the songs. One of the songs you hated playing at k
3: Oh, God. Like the anything by the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
2: There you go. Oh, man. I'm with you on that. Oh, oh man. I, I should have put Under the Bridge on this list. Oh, I wish I'd done that. All right. These are the, so, so, Tim, you should do yours for tomorrow. All right. And then Sarah can do hers for Wednesday. All oh. right. These are the top five songs I hated playing as a DJ. Number five, Mel McDaniel, Baby's Got Her Blue oh, Jeans On. God damn, this song bad. sucks. Oh, Just sleazy country. Big guy with a beard and a gut and some bib overalls trying to get his sex on with you. By the
13: traffic lights, looking.
2: Why is it that the guys in country who always sing about going home and making sweet love are always the guys that are just hideous? Guys, a bunch of guys look like Haystack's Calhoun. (laughs)
13: Lord have mercy,
2: baby's got her blue jeans on.
1: He's no, a country guy this.
2: rhapsodizing about his woman's ass. Out by the bus stop. I, the yeah. Bus stop. The yeah. Mm, sexy. The out by the bus stop. Because he reeks.
4: <laughs> I had
2: my own lyrics for this song. You know, the modern version of this song is a song by a guy who I actually quite like named Josh Turner. Yeah. But he has this horrible single called Your Man. And it's just like the creepiest, sleaziest thing I have ever heard. It's sort of like an update of this song.
1: She can't help it if she's made that way. She's not to
2: blame. She's not to blame.
1: She ain't really trying to cause a scene. It just comes naturally.
2: This is why I had to leave country radio.
4: Well,
2: Counting on the top five songs I hated playing as a music DJ. Number four, Jimmy Gimmel in the Fireballs with Sugar Shack. God, I had to play this as an oldies jock. And you know this song's less than two minutes long. It's like a minute 48 or something.
3: Oh, this would drive you slowly crazy. Oh, yeah.
2: Imagine just sitting there, 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning making $5 an hour. Well, it's just a your only night breakfast night. is a box of Hostess May donuts. sitting there staring at the control board. Mighty good. You know, just enough coffee That's to make you irritable. It's raining outside. You're in the basement of an oldie station wondering what in the F you are doing with your life and just praying to God, praying to any deity anywhere to help you. And meanwhile, you're playing this.
1: A black and don't
2: get me wrong, I love, like, bubblegum music. This isn't that. This is just Drek. And I worked at an oldie station, and the frustrating thing about working at an oldie station is, working at an oldie station, you had to play all of this music right up to the year where it started to become interesting. You know? Like, you could play occasionally, like, a good Beatles song, like, maybe She Loves You or I Want to Hold Your Hand. But, I mean, you were never, like, oldie stations played from about 52... You know, 53, up to just when rock started to become great. So, you, like in an oldie Station, you would never play anything by Led Zeppelin or like Gimme Shelter. If you played a Stone song, it was satisfaction. It was like you could see over the horizon where the good music started, but you were never allowed to play any of that.
1: This
2: song turns my stomach. Now, that the top five songs I hated playing as a DJ. Number three, yes, with Roundabout. Yes? No. Sorry, stole that. I stole that from Cameron Crowe, stole it from Lester Bank. I cut the first 40 seconds of the song off because it's just interminable. Oh, I hate this. I hate this so much. I hate, again, a song I had to play at a classic rock station. I hate progressive rock. is just, it's a bane. Art rock. There is no such thing as art rock. One is either rock or one is art. One is not. One is not both. Oh man! People always talk about the seventies, but oh, the seventies were a great time for rock. In many ways, you know, there's a lot of good music that came out of the seventies. But people always tend to forget about stuff like this. Listen to this. You know what this is like? This is like a bunch of stupid, oversmart uh, art school students playing a Grateful Dead song too fast. Like nine different songs all happening at once. None of them interesting. Oh, I hate yes with everything in me. These are getting worse as we get higher up the list. Number two, oh. Manford Man's Earth Band and Blinded by the Light. <laughs> and this song is like eight and a half minutes long. This song
3: reminds me of just eating at Red Robin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can see that. And no, he doesn't say douche, but you know, the fact that he that no one pointed out to him that his stupid hit pronunciation of douche sounded like douche should be all you really need to know about the song.
4: Come on, does this feel hateful?
2: so dated. You know, it's hard to believe that this is a Bruce Springsteen song. I mean, I do everything I can not to let this taint my image of Bruce Springsteen. Is this the same Manford Man? Well, it had to be. Who did Duwa wah Diddy? I believe so, yes. How did he go from Doo-Wah Diddy, which is a great little pop song, mm-hmm. to this?
4: Well, then he was a writer, too. And then he came back to do this.
2: Hey, check that 70s sound. You're right. This sounds painfully dated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is like Head East. Ugh.
1: Sounds very corporate.
2: And there's that. Do you remember that horrible piano solo or whatever? Keyboard solo in the middle of this where he starts playing chopstick or whatever at one point? Just to make it a little longer. This, and you know. Everybody knows what the number one song is. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know what the number one song is. Because we've played it before. I won't lie about this. The number one song on this list we have played several, several times. Oh, it's one that times.
3: Scotty J Loves. I can't remember the name of it.
2: May- well, that's probably, that probably that's likely. Uh, we have played the number one song on this list several times as the epitome. The very, the apotheosis of all that is wrong with being a DJ in, in like the early 90s. It's the worst song ever recorded. There's never been a song worse than this one that we're about to play. And uh, it, 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 it's so bad that it defies it defies description. It, it can't be explained. It must simply be experienced. So we've played it. And the irony is because it's so bad, I've probably played it ten times over the last five years. Because it's just so unbelievably egregious. You know what it is about this song? The world must never be allowed to forget this song. So that it can never happen again. That's really the thing. This song is so bad, we have to play it now and again so that we can stop it from ever being repeated. Tim? At number one, Crystal Waters and Gypsy Woman. Oh. Oh, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Didn't the world every just to do Sounds like
2: she's full of Nova King.
3: Because
2: she came. That's it, yeah.
3: Hey, I just got an email from uh, Engineer Matt. Uh
2: Uh-huh. He loves Steely Dan. He
3: said, hi. I do like Steely Dan, as a matter of fact. Back Uh in the day, nothing beat dirty lyrics set to jazz. Steely Dan. Yeah. However, I use classical to listen to equipment for studio
4: problems.
2: Wait, you're going to miss the genius here.
3: No, there is no genius. No, no, no. Keep talking over
2: it. Wait, no, you're going (laughs) to... That'll get in your head like a tapeworm. song is like some sort of auditory endurance contest. Someday, God willing, she's going to be crossing the street. I'll be driving along. I mean, really. Why would anyone ever record this? Why would anyone ever think this was a good idea?
3: do didn't even try to fix her vocals to make it sound like she can sing.
2: No. No, just make it irritating and flat all at once.
11: <laughs>
2: all right, I can't take anymore. All right, there you go. Never forget. Uh, all right, uh, back after this with Jim Rupi. Stay there. It's the... We're going to play something decent in the break, I hope. Let's cross our I fingers. Didn't... All right. Do you have something prepared? Let's see if I do. All right. I just, I can't. I, even if it's like a gag, I can't take anymore of that song.
3: All right, hang on just one second. Right.
2: I'll just whistle to myself. <whistles> All right. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Well done. All right. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Here's Elvis Costello. I watch the shine and the light, I'll do it. my radio
1: advised, with what a
2: Jim Rubin being subjected to this on hold. You sometimes feel bad for being so sacrilegious. You ever get like a little bit of guilt about that? Alright. You think it is? I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. This is the Vandals. It's not the Vandals. Oh, really? Okay.
1: Yeah. I, this is my favorite, one of my favorite songs.
2: Um, <laughs> we'll Ladies. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Now, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. We radio correspondent, James Roof. Hello, sir. I'm
0: going to take that version to our choir director.
2: <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> I'll burn you a copy of that. You can play that at your next service. <laughs>
0: You know, I don't think it was
2: sacrilegious.
0: He got all the words right, you know?
2: That is true. He
0: wasn't substituting any other no, words. No, I no. Mean, I thought it was a, a very nice rejoicing. <laughs> I suppose we did We
2: did play the Twisted Sister version of "O Come All Ye Faithful earlier. So, I mean, you know, fair enough. Uh wow. What is your favorite Christmas hymn, Jim Roop? Say that again? What is your favorite uh, Christmas hymn?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't really have
2: one. I'm a big fan of a God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen myself. It has kind of a oh, weird Oh, the
0: relig- from the religious side yeah.
2: to the secular side. Uh, religious. Side. Your favorite Christmas religious song?
0: I think uh, do you hear what I hear?
2: That's kind of a See, that I would not. That's an odd entry. I wouldn't have thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that's great. I'm a big fan of O Come All Ye Faithful. Uh, I'm a big fan of God Rest Ye Merry Gentleman. Anything that says God Rest Ye Merry Gentleman is great cuz it has kind of a weird sort of dark feel to it. It does sound sort of um I don't know, it's like it's sort of a Germanic thing. It has sort of a uh I don't know like a like a weird almost gothic feel well, to it Well, Most this of point. these
0: songs came from Germany. I mean from Silent Night on down. They right. all had some sort of German origin to them.
2: It was always a point of pride with my dad who was sort of weirdly obsessed with his German heritage that I could sing Silent Night in German. Oh. Uh, so that was like that was the thing that my dad we would be at a holiday party and my dad would have like nine too many eggnogs and he would stick me in the middle of the living room and make me sing Silent Night in German to everyone. <laughs> and then he would kind of wallop me on the back and go that's my boy and I'm like you know, shove me off to whatever. So then, that was my. Then I was done for the night. That was like the one trick I can do, and then he would get rid of me. Ah, uh, all right. Um. Well, let me ask you this, uh, just simply because this Hollywood thing continues to go on. And I meant to ask you something the last time we talked, and I, I didn't really, I didn't ever follow up on it. Now I know that what sweeps week or month or whatever in TV, that's that's February. done.
0: No, I think that's February, isn't
2: it? Or is, is it because I thought we were just finished, or maybe they do it November more than once? November
0: and February.
2: November and February. So. I guess now that we are in December is there any way to sort of calculate uh, whether the strike is affecting viewership? I mean is there any way for them to really tell in other words how will they know when this is really starting to to have you know to take a toll on 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 the uh, on the audience?
0: When the network ratings uh, consistently start to fall um that's when they're going to be able to tell. But the problem is it's not going to hurt them because there's no production costs. So if ratings go down, you know, it's not hurting them. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not not spending any money anyway.
2: I did read, there was, I think the New York Times actually had an article the other day about, uh, they were interviewing a bunch of people who were sort of in the network's target demo, which is, you know, it was like the 18 to 34 demo or whatever. And I don't know if this is true or not, but they were saying that there were, you know, X number of people who said that, you know, when they're, they said, well, what about your favorite shows? They're not on, or maybe they're only in reruns. And people are saying, "Well, that's okay. I'm watching some, you know, I'm watching some show from Canada online, you know, or I'm watching whatever on the internet, or I've got." Well, the... Speaking
0: of Canada, that, I love those commercials on uh, Rally
2: Live. Oh Jesus! Did you watch the the uh, the public service? Yeah, they're the, they great. Uh, I
0: thought they were very well done. Oh, I, I, I like the guy who who blew up out the window, but I think my favorite. Has to be uh, the chick with the frying pot. Oh
2: God, the grease, and she's like, I, I won't be getting married because uh, I'm gonna burn my face and off. She's just
0: writhing on the floor, all just beautiful. And then
2: she, she, she looks like Pizza the Hut from <laughs> Spaceballs at the end. I mean, it's just a whole lot of just like bad skin. She looks like a thing that they'd be lurching through a graveyard, coming for your brains.
0: I say I, I was very impressed with how well those were done.
2: You know, they, I think American companies could stand to borrow a little bit of production value from, uh, you know, from the Canadians. I, I will never treat grease the same way again. Can I just uh, speaking of Greece? Just a tiny little observation. So there's an exhibit at the Oregon History Museum here called the GI Dream, which is actually really great. It's a whole museum about American culture in the World War II years, and then in the years following World War II, as GIs came home and American culture became very affluent, and there was a lot of consumerism and keeping up with the Joneses. And it's some of it is really great in a kitschy sort of way, like they, you know they show like what a typical kitchen. They have a scale model of what a 50s kitchen was like and a whole bunch of 50s, you know, appliances and 50s clothing. And, you know, they have like there's this section of the museum where you can it's like a living room from the 50s where it's the bad vinyl couch with like the tacky ashtrays and like the channel with the, the television with the big, clunky, chunky channel changing dial on it. And it's pretty great. Um But Where was my point? Where was I going with this? Grease. Oh, but so in the scale model of the 50s like kitchen where they show and they have like, you know, the the happy housewife who's there with a big Stepford smile on her face. They have a series of small jars in the kitchen, you know, like flour, sugar, uh, you know, salt, whatever. And then there's like a jar that's just labeled grease. So... (laughs) If you ever wondered really where the expanding American waistline came from, I do believe we can trace it directly to the time when we had so much grease. And not only did we have all of that grease, but you actually had a special labeled jar in the kitchen for it so you could save every drop well, of it I remember use my again. mom
0: doing that. I, I remember her, you know, after bacon or whatever, she would, you know, pour the into the jar and, and put the jar on the shelf.
2: My mom poured it into a coffee can.
0: Oh uh, well, that was yeah.
2: Yeah. And then it would be kept in the refrigerator, and that was always a treat when your friends would come by. Uh maybe your friends whose moms did not save grease. And they would your friend, what is there to eat? And she would my friend would uh would you know, take out you know a coffee can and what's this? Oh, it's large. You know, so <laughs> it's like the time my mom was cooking a cow tongue. That's a way to impress oh, yeah. your friends. Mm, tasty. So what are you saying, uh Sarah? Oh
4: I'm gonna wanna play for it. Have we got a for little something the... for Jim?
2: All right. Now let's well here's
5: I'm the sous chef here. With any luck, I should be head chef by next year. I've got this amazing fiancé. Who I won't be marrying this weekend. Because I'm about to be in a terrible accident. But really, I should have cleaned up the grease over there. And they should never put the deep fryer so close. Somebody!
11: Somebody
2: help me! Yeah, uh, all right. You know, and it's really That's just as bad. And the but, scream is really bad.
0: So oh, I didn't hear that. What was it? Oh, were we. You did we, did you not hear that just now? No, I couldn't hear it. I thought you guys put me on hold. Oh, it. I thought
2: we're, uh, it should be playing down the phone. Let's
3: see, can you hear this? I'm the sous chef here. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I, heard heard that. That. yeah I hear that. I oh, yeah, yeah, hear the sous chef. Let's, let's, let's play you. it one more time. I
5: should be head chef by next year. I've got this amazing fiance so I won't be marrying this weekend because I'm about to be in a terrible accident. But really, I should have cleaned up the grease over there. And they should never put the deep fryer. So, cool.
2: Yeah, it never gets that any better.
7: an awesome commercial. It really is. I, uh, it, you know,
3: If
0: you ever find yourself in that situation, first thing you do is stuff something in the victim's mouth.
2: <laughs> just,
0: just a little first aid tip there. <laughs>
2: Hey, speaking of not stuffing things in your mouth, Jim, we have another PSA that we'll play. But We're really on a PSA kick the last couple of weeks. We do tend, on the Rick Emerson Show, we do tend to go in streaks of, like, themes. And so far, the recurring theme this week seems to be uh, odd or strange or hilarious or horrific uh, public service announcements. Uh, Sarah and I found a PSA that I guess some other people have already, this is apparently another radio show that actually has been playing it, too. So we're kind of late to the party on this one. This is a real PSA from, I would say, the late 70s, early 80s. Warning children not to just, if, the, if you find something on the ground, don't just jam it in your mouth. So, this is a real PSA sung by some puppets to children called Don't Put It in Your Mouth. We'll go ahead and Why play it. Why do you for think you.
6: your mommy or daddy are always telling you don't put that in your mouth? Let's find out. Don't you
5: put it in your mouth? Don't you put it in your mouth? Don't you stuff it in your face? Don't you stuff it in your face? Though so it might look good to eat. Though so it might look good to eat. And it might look good to taste. And it might look good to taste. You could get sick. Yuck. Real quick. Yuck. Real sick. Real. Ick. Don't you put it in your mouth? Uh uh. Till you ask someone you love. That's right. If it's eat okay, like a a beach. Like a a beach. If you don't know just what it is, remember boys and
1: girls? Don't You'll put it in your
6: mouth.
0: Yeah. All writers wonder why they're not respectful.
6: Before you put anything in your mouth.
2: No, this is you. there's this final line here. Let me just play just this tiny little bit at the end.
3: All right, hang on. All right, here we go. Yeah.
6: Always ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth.
2: Right there, that's that's the money phrase right there. That's fantastic. So there you go. So I hope we've made you just a, made your day just a little bit brighter with these public service announcements from the bosom of the Rick Emerson family. Well, Jim. it's always nice to learn something. <laughs> and see, now you know. Uh, always ask someone you love, Jim, uh, before you put anything in your mouth. I'll be doing that in about a half hour. <laughs> Excellent. You're the best. All right, James Roop, as always, my friend, uh, enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Thank you, sir. Here you go, Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even know what he was talking I about I don't there. either. Okay.
3: But Jim is, you know, the one CNN correspondent that's sworn multiple times on our show. So. He's
2: been bleeped more than... I don't think we've ever had to bleep anybody except for Lisa. We had to bleep Lisa once. Uh, I remember Lisa used the P word for going to the bathroom, and I don't mean pee. Um... But I think other than that, I don't think we've ever had to bleep uh I don't think we've ever had to bleep uh, anybody but Jim, really, all things all things being equal. Somebody sent me let's see, what is this?
3: Oh, come on,
2: come on. This is not metal at all. all right, Did whoever. they say it was metal? Yeah. No, that's just dumb. All right. Did you guys have to stand around an advent wreath and light candles at your school? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was kinda of cool actually. I sort of missed that. Uh, I got a weird, I don't know if I'd fi- I think I would just find it creepy now. I mean, I kind of do find it creepy now. But I think that stuff that seems creepy, if you're A, not Catholic, or B, when you're like have past the age of reason, it doesn't seem creepy when you're a kid. You sort of find it cool.
3: I'm not looking forward, like, I used to really like going to Christmas Mass, but I don't anymore because the church that my parents go to now, he looks like a child molester, the priest does. <laughs> and he is just creepy and really? lectures me. he has the worst sermons. They are so uninspiring and awful and he just looks like a greasy old man
2: is it now is it a traditional service
3: it's a yes yeah, a traditional um christmas eve mass it, is it in
2: it now is it, and is it in an old style church with the stained glass and the, whatever
3: yeah it's a, yeah yes one of the catholic churches okay now listen
2: uh I, I say this um and honestly
3: uh, the old the old youth group leader was also arrested for being a child molester really mm-hmm. he was can my youth group leader
2: can i just tell you this uh now was this uh molesting uh, with, uh boys he was molesting boys. He was
3: molesting boy. He was he was really nice, but probably because I wasn't a boy. And
2: he um, he <laughs> he'd would never done back. anything to me.
3: <laughs> he would bring he would have parties at his house. Oh, and he'd bring back like these fifteen sixteen year old boys to his house. Oh really? have slumber parties and he was a big guy too. And he would wear lots of like
2: Lou Pearlman type.
3: He'd wear lots of tie dyed like brightly colored T shirts oh, and God. hip headbands. And, oh see, oh, so be, no look,
2: beware the hip Catholic. That's my thing. Uh, you know what it is. I'll, like I don't even really care because I haven't been to church for anything other than sort of like a sociological aspect, you know, in 15 years. But really, I, I you know, the, the part of the, the, if one can call it cool, part of the cool thing about Catholicism is that it is so traditional and they don't try to be hip. They don't try to be like modern. They're not trying to be, you know, what is it? Michael Rapaport says they're not trying to be fresh. They're not trying to be dope. I mean, the, the cool thing about Catholicism is, for better or worse, that it's just so unchanging. You know, that it's like 700 A.D. in the Catholic Church. Still, stained glass windows and swinging a pot full of scary smoke and drinking some guy's blood. I mean, it's just that's kind of the cool thing about Catholicism. You you get what you get. Um, and so when they try to make God or Jesus like hip, it just makes my skin crawl. Even now, I've told the story about having to go to this uh, stupid youth conference called God's Duck, which was just like my entire I was life. So awful. And I will also say this that. Uh, and I only had to go to this youth group for about seven months uh, because, as I've said in the past, it was about the time my parents split up, and that was great because it was like a get-out-of-church-for-the-rest-of-your-life card because my parents were so consumed with their divorce that I was able to just sort of... It's like making a prison break, uh, you know, while there's like a big show going on. Uh, so my parents' divorce was this big distraction, so I was able to quit doing all the church things, which was fantastic. Um but for about seven months, I had to go to a youth group because they thought that it would, uh, you know, keep me away from my hooligan friends and the heavy metal and the whatnot, and they thought it would make me a better student. None of these happened. But the youth group, uh, was led by, uh, I won't use their names, but it was led by a man and a woman who I'm guessing, I'm looking back at them now, I'm guessing they're probably late 30s. It's a guy, it was a, a guy and a, and a girl, uh, in the late 30s who led the youth group. Um, married to other people, but, of course, inevitably were revealed to be having an affair. Mm. Because that's just the way it always works. Um, and I have to tell you, like, the one... And I don't, the, to, the, to my parents' credit, they only ever packed me off to one stupid Catholic kid conference. Um, but... The one Catholic youth conference I went off to, it's like you never saw so much drug use. I mean, honestly.
3: I never saw so many kids making out. That's
2: the other thing. And
3: I mean, flooding it up at the Christian conference. Exactly.
2: And I guess in retrospect, I I guess it's inaccurate to say that there was tons of drug use. I mean, I guess, to be fair, later on in life, I was in places where there was a lot more, but it's all relative. You know, like when you're hanging out with a bunch of guys at a Slayer concert... It doesn't surprise you when there's drug use when you're working in radio or when you're whatever when you're just you know hanging out with just guys or you're in Portland you know just you know whatever group of people maybe the drug use is I guess maybe accepted or expected at least to a certain degree um, but in a Catholic youth youth conference it's like you're grading on a curve and I remember being at this Godstock thing. And it, I mean, and over the course of the weekend, it's like I saw, you know, a couple kids who were clearly off in a corner getting high somewhere. Um, which doesn't bother me, but I mean, it's, you know, whatever. And, and, and then, as you're right, a bunch of kids like humping it out in a closet, mm-hmm. you know, but they were humping for Christ, I guess, so that was fine. And the very worst moment, the, 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 just the, 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 the horrible black implosion moment of the entire weekend was when they put us in a gymnasium, because I think it was at a high school. It's like a high school or a college. Where they sort of locked you in. It was like a lock-in sort of thing. Where you went to the college, and I think there was like dorms or whatever. I do remember staying in a dorm room. So I think it must have been a college that was out for the for the, for the weekend. And so we spent the days like going to classrooms and doing whatever. Uh, and then at one point, they packed us all into the gymnasium, and they had one of those stupid Christian motivational speakers who was like, you know, she was like the rockin' Christian. Oh. And she had, yes, the denim Bible. And it was a Bible, I swear to God, that was like acid wash denim. And I mean, come on. And did it have
3: her name? Or did it say Holy Bible and like hot pink puff pink? It did. It did. It um, wasn't
2: puppy, but it was pink. But it was like a jagged, the like, a, like, the, like the WWF font from the from the late 80s. Yeah. And she actually, she was doing the whole thing of trying to make Christianity cool. And she actually referred, it makes my skin curl even to say this. She actually referred to... Jesus Christ. As a righteous dude. <laughs> That's righteous dude. I'm totally coming back with that, sound, with that clip if I can find it. The answer doesn't lie in the MTV video games. No, she actually referred to Jesus Christ, I swear to God, as the, quote, original party animal. <laughs> it just uh, makes me want to boil off my skin just thinking about it.
3: Uh, We've got to break. That and a
2: guy named Damon was selling weed to everybody. All right. All right, there you go. Back after this. Here's some heathen rock and roll for you. Uh, we will return with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. I'm going to find that header's clip. You say there's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere.
6: I blame not heaven, but rather a society that tells its youth that the answers can be found in the MTV video games. We must pray that the other teenagers of Sherwood, Ohio, know the name of that righteous dude who can solve their problems. It's Jesus Christ, and he's in
9: the book now from the ministry of
4: truth this is tim riley uh,
2: yeah make my skin crawl and mine that movie is still great by the way that movie is largely un- i just
3: watched it yesterday and
2: it's really not dated because they try to they, the the costumes are so otherworldly they're not really tied to any particular time i encourage everyone to go watch heather's
4: well, South West Boone's Ferry Road is closed between Arnold and Stevenson due to rockslide. A couple lanes on uh, Southeast Foster Road are now open. Uh, the governor tried to lift the spirits of those in Vernonia. Many of them were evacuated from their homes, and the governor promised to send some prison crews there to crack the whip to clean things up. Really? Yes. Excellent. What better way to use the prisoners of war in to clean up that damage? No, fantastic. No, I'm. Uh, he surveyed the damage, and his uh, helicopter landed, and he came down like a god in the sky. He uh, surveyed the area and told the residents uh, this is the worst flooding in the area they've seen in years.
13: Some of them had uh, remembered 1996, and they were actually judging the uh, impact of uh, uh, the water uh, dependent upon where it had had risen in 1996. And this was above that line that they set on their homes. The
4: residents told the governor some scary stories. And
13: they actually told me that at 8 o'clock yesterday morning, they were driving their cars out of the particular living area and at 12 noon there was five feet of water in it. So in about four hours uh, they had completely been engulfed by water.
4: The flooding has affected the spirit of the residents. You can
13: see it in the faces of the people that this is the Christmas season. This is the holiday season when they're supposed to be celebrating and looking forward to a very joyous time and uh, they now know that there's going to be a period of time where they're going to be trying to recover.
4: Uh, the governor found out about the power of water.
13: It was strong enough that it had actually moved vehicles from one side of the street to the other.
4: So the governor lifted the spirits of uh,
2: those who were the victims. By by standing there.
4: He flew in, uh, in the helicopter like a magic genie. <laughs> and, and, and descended upon the common folks.
2: <laughs> I am here. Please for a,
4: tell me your stories.
2: I am here for a photograph.
4: Uh, you got this photograph taken, too. Well what? done. So, yeah, uh, Fordonia, you got a hit. 200 people had to be hauled out of there. Excellent. Many are staying in shelters. Send get to see the governor. Shake his hand. So, other than that, that is it. I think we have a taser watch. Oh, we, we do have a taser that. watch. Let's do we that. We
2: do this where we close up shop. Here's your taser watch. <laughs>
1: Don't me, wrong.
2: Fantastic.
4: Well, Donnell Williams had just gotten out of the bathtub, wearing only a towel around his waist, when he turned the corner to see guns pointed right at him. I ain't never been so scared," said he. Police forced entry into Williams' home <laughs> while responding to a shooting. But it turned out to be a false call. They had no idea at the time. The call wasn't real and that Williams was hearing impaired. Oh,
2: Without really? Without his hearing
4: aid, he was basically
2: deaf. Ah. Oh. okay. Well, that's unfortunate. I
4: kept going to my ear yelling that I was scared. I can't hear. I can't hear. The officers were worried about their own safety because at the time it appeared that Williams was refusing to obey their orders to show oh, his hands. Oh, my God. That's when they shot the deaf man with a taser. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ.
2: Mm. There there really is no God. There really isn't. What kind of God would make a universe for the cops tase a deaf man?
4: So once the facts were sorted out, officers repeatedly apologized to Williams. (laughs) Please wish it never happened. Who
2: who couldn't hear the apology? But the information they had at the
4: time, their choices were limited. (laughs) Tase a deaf man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: that's so terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I realize now I am laughing like the guys behind me laughed at the final 30 seconds of The Mist. I really am doing that. It's just, it's just so horrible I can't process it otherwise.
11: <sighs> there you go.
2: There you, oh, you, you go. Man. Man. Just as a side note, here I will take this uh, call and so forth. So Sarah has been spending this whole time trying to look up a picture of the priest at her uh, hometown parish.
3: I found a really small one of him, but it's really uh, now. Is
2: there more than one church in your hometown? Yes, there are many churches. Because I don't wish to identify this priest. It's a good God-fearing community. So there's a priest in your hometown, yes. Who you believe quote, one of
3: many because he's only there every once in a while. He just seems to. When do the a new lot crop of, the...
2: of boys is there. He's just there to, he's there for the new old oh, boys. Picture the picture I lives. have is only like this big. <laughs> he's only there for the sacramental wine. All
3: right, that's exactly, that's him. That's what he looks like. It's really tiny.
2: Oh, he totally creep creepy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what he looks like? He looks like Milton from Office Space, if he were a priest, maybe. Mm-hmm. He looks like a homeless guy that has just somehow found a cassock and a collar to wear. He
3: just, he, he talks a lot like this and raises and lowers his voice, but says absolutely
2: nothing. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. Okay, that's unnerving. Well, you know what, during this whole thing, so you're looking for the picture of the priest, I then, and I haven't done this for years. It's been about eight years since I've done this, but I, and actually, the last time I did this, Google didn't even exist, so I was searching with Hotbot, Uh, but um, I decided to Google uh, one of the nuns. And I don't mean to paint with a broad brush. Um, You know, a lot of the stereotypical uh, experiences with nuns didn't happen to me. A lot of the, you know, they they weren't all horrible. Most of the nuns I had were either good or just sort of nondescript. I did have these two teachers, though, two nuns uh, who taught me when I went to campus. Who were just horrible people, who really, by all rights, uh, I mean, really, there's any no justice? They've been, they've just been infested with weevils and tumors at this point. Um, and I was trying, I was Googling them just now, and I could only find one of them. I found her name, and it, it gives her parish of origin or wherever it was that she was, or you know, ordained or whatever it is they do. And of course. I went there, and, of course, that's the one link that's broken. It's like God has just denied it to me. God showed oh. me the page all about her, but I click on it, and it doesn't go anywhere. She's, so it, everybody's link works but hers. It's like God is deliberately trying to not let me find out what's become of her. He's taunting you. Seriously. Well, I hope it's something bad. She's a terrible person. She had it coming. And I'm She was a terrible person, and there are two nuns that really were just awful people. This, this nun that I was looking up right now ran the whole joint. So she was the nurse ratchet of the whole school. So she's just an awful person for many uh, any number of reasons. The other nun was just creepy because she seemed to have a very strong interest in the sexual thoughts of teenage boys. So the uh, I remember her, I've talked about this before, but uh, uh, this nun in health class at one point did have um, a, bo- and I, we were like 12 at the time. And at the time it was weird, but it didn't seem as weird as it does in retrospect. She did have one of the boys stand up in health class and talk about, um, how do I put this? An event that often happens to young men while they're asleep at night. Oh, really? And she was, and she's like, so, Matthew, stand up and explain what that's all about. Which at the time just seemed, you know, like, well, that's weird and uncomfortable, but now I look back and it, god damn it, that's creepy. I mean... That's you know, horrible. So w- did you go to an all-boys school? Uh, no, no. Um, but she only called on the boys to answer sexual questions in health class. And, and I should say, to the best of my knowledge, she never uh, touched anybody. I mean, t- to my knowledge, anyway. Certainly never me. She never made any physical advances, to the best of my knowledge. But she did only ever call on boys of a certain age to stand up and answer sexual class, uh, questions in health class. Um, and this next thing is absolutely true. I cannot believe that she did this, but this is absolutely true. I'm not making this up. And then I'll take these calls about nutty Christians, and then uh, and then we'll take a break and so forth. Um, but uh, uh, Tim, are you leaving to go prepare more news? Oh yes, the day never ends. Uh, Tim, will be back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, all the way through. Uh, like us. Uh, at one point, though, this is the same nun who again had young men stand up and talk about uh, nighttime uh, blah blah blahs uh, while you know while they were sleeping and so forth when they get to be a certain age. During the early days of the AIDS crisis, we were in school during the early days of the AIDS crisis, which would have been about 85, 86. And at that point, it was thought that AIDS uh, was only spread through uh, what we will refer to on this program as a uh, an alternate form of, of sex, um, one commonly associated with the gay male community, although certainly not exclusive to that community in health class in and it was it was a private school, but still Jesus God uh we were like twelve maybe in health class, I remember this one who was a nun, I mean not a lay teacher, she was a nun, a full on habit wearing nun who actually in health class explained presumably to whoever to us as students taking a science and health class that um how do I put this? That 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 kind of uh, sexual intercourse, um, a, should be avoided because it was ungodly. B, because that's how they believed the AIDS was spread. And then she did go on at some length about how the traditional man-in-woman form of sex was, quote, much more satisfying than the alternate form of man-and-woman sex. And she did it with a lot of like hand gestures Ew. and a lot of words like, it's much more deeply gratifying. <laughs> Which, A, she probably shouldn't have known about. And B, why would you be telling that to 12-year-olds? You were 12? 12. I, well, I was still... Look, I graduated in 8th grade. It was only K-8. through So I couldn't have been more than 13. At the oldest, at the absolute oldest, I was 13. And she was having... I mean... That seems pretty inappropriate. Yeah. There's the, uh, you know, there's there's the, there's the regular uh, slot A into slot B, and then there's slot A into slot, like, D. And she was giving us graphic descriptions of the sensations associated with both and why one was a lot more fun than the other. And I thought about that, you know, at the time, and I thought, well, that's kind of strange. And then as soon as I thought about it as an adult, I thought, well, goddamn, she should be locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take this call, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. What's up?
8: Hey, when you mentioned uh, about going to, like, a a Christian kid teen event.
2: Yeah, like it was exactly. a, youth, a Christian youth retreat weekend thing, yeah.
8: Right. Well, I did that in my high school because I was chasing the fair sex. But what I remember, when I was there, they had, you know, the Christian rock band. Of course. Petra. And, and um, what I remember is that they played two songs the time I was there. And the first one was a Black Sabbath tune, and the second one was was Mister Crowley by Ozzy.
2: That's fantastic.
8: And I'm like both embarrassed for the people running the place and trying not to do the Devil Horns.
2: That is and wonderful.
8: <laughs> Just,
2: then you'll that, you'll you'll appreciate this email. Then before we wrap it up, this uh, this is from our good friend Todd the Corpse. He says. I remember being in eighth grade and going into one of those assemblies for a guest performer. The gimmick was they'd take popular top 40 songs, but rework the lyrics to be about Jesus. I've scrubbed out all but one of their songs. The one I remember was the audience participation song, which required us to sing to shout out "Who you gonna call? Sin busters!" It was terrifying. Oh boy. All right, thank you, sir. All right, there you go. All right, we're taking a break now.
3: Yes, yeah, I was trying to get a song, but
2: so is that priest still there? Do you know? Is he still going to be at that church?
3: It's he's still on the registry. I couldn't find him at the website he for the does, church.
2: He does look really creepy.
3: He has always creeped my sister and I out, and he gives like long, lingering, like back pats to the like little altar boys that are next to him.
2: Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't
3: know, and wonderful. just he he was never inspiring. He never seemed to really know what he was talking about, but he did love to like pat like, his altar boys. On like the back he was just, a lot.
2: he was busy, like trying to he was just trying to get it over with so we could get back to the uh, I don't know get back to the rectory. Yeah. All right. Let's break now. Yeah. Back after this, this has all turned very icky. Uh, we'll wrap it up after this. Like us at 3, Donna Mike at 70. You say there's the Rick Emerson Show.
1: Last time I played the Christmas, I stood outside of the department store. A gang of kids came over and knocked me and knocked my. We Why are you drinking down your wine? Father Christmas, give us the money. We got no time for your silly toys. Father Christmas, please hand it over. We'll beat you up so it'll make
2: Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Back in 20 hours. Uh Like us next, Donna Mike at 7. We want to thank CNN Radio Correspondents James Roop and Lisa Desjardins. Uh, coming up later, let's see, tomorrow we got uh, Mr. Skin and later this week we have Craig Gass, uh, who will join us at some point in studio. Don't forget, Friday, Tommy Thayer of Kiss in studio as well. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stone for AM 970 Southern State Radio. Tim Riley, Richie Bristol, Dave's and myself. See you tomorrow. Bye now.
6: Always ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth.